All right, testing. I'm just testing this out. This is <laughs> just more fail on top of fail. Um, let me let this run. If anyone in the chat can actually hear me, uh, let me know. Let me actually go to the chat. Uh, okay. Okay, you guys can hear me. All right. Well, I am apparently running the show. Druff had some... Uh, Issues. In fact, I think the sound card just shit to bed. So with that, as anyone who's listened to me before, this is one of my favorite songs. And since this is the first time I am actually running radio in quite some time, I'm going to do it my way. So, Poker Fraud Alert Radio, starting very soon.
what you've been through, no matter what you into, no matter what you see, when you look outside your window, brown grass or green grass, picket fence or barbed wire, never ever put them down, you just lift your arms higher, raise them to your arms higher, let them know you there, that you struggling, surviving, that you gon' persevere, yeah, ain't nobody leaving, nobody going home, even if they turn the lights down, the show is going on, And welcome, folks, to a uh, late-starting edition of uh, PokerFraudAlert.com. I am actually running the show this evening with my two co-hosts this evening. There you go. Todd Dandruff with Telus and Vowels, a.k.a. Angel. How are you both this evening? Well, uh, it's pretty unfortunate what's been happening uh First, I bubble a tournament, and then my sound card bubbles my computer. Jeez. Angel, are you with us? Then our third host bubbles the show. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it's almost embarrassing, Jeff, but I kind of want to reveal how I'm doing this, because it's so ghetto. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a minute, but uh, again, just so everyone knows, we apologize once again. It seems like an ongoing theme of starting late, but... Uh, as Druff just mentioned, his sound card literally uh, just shit the bed. Um, and uh, what I am using is, and Druff, you could probably explain this, and we, we won't obviously get into all this, but you know, I have one of those older laptops too with that stereo mixer, and I had I use it only because this is the only computer that, for some reason, lets me play sound bites, call out, and and just run it through radio. And I never really understood what it was about these older sound mixers on these laptops that you cannot do it with the newer computers, but uh, that's that's where we are right now. So. Yeah, well, uh, what's basically, to do this show, for those of you that uh, aren't as technically inclined, you need to be able to mix together your voice, which comes through the microphone, and the rest of the sounds of the show. And this includes phone calls, this includes the other hosts. You know, so you're basically mixing your microphone together with uh, what's coming through the computer. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of newer computers come with sound cards that cannot do that. It's called Stereo Mix. So my computer, actually, I had a, an external sound card that I actually plugged into a USB port, and that's what it was running radio for the last few years when I would run radio. And that was donated to me courtesy of Lonsicar, but... Unfortunately, that sound card has seen its last day. And last week it, it cut out, but I actually got it working again. But today I could not even get it started. And it was a surprise, because w when we ended the radio show, it was fine last week. But today I just could not get it working. And I tried and tried and tried, and that's why we're half an hour late. And I, I thank Brandon for booting up his 10-year-old laptop with the old sound card that we can run radio at all, otherwise we'd have no radio tonight. So, thank you, Brandon, and uh, no I think separately, we're having a technical issue with our third host, Angel Vowels, who, uh, <laughs> I'm hearing her typing, I'm hearing type, 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 and that's coming from her. 
but we can't hear her voice. So we're having all kinds of technical problems tonight, but we're going to try to make the best of it. And, uh, and you know, the reason week, I, the reason why I did not, uh, I'm, you know, I have a tenure laptop here is because. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> okay, at least I have that uh, working. But, Jeff, uh, why don't you tell everybody uh, while, I guess, Vowels is letting us know in the chat that her laptop is acting crazy, what we have on the agenda, a lot going on, a lot of big news with you, in fact, as well. Uh, what do we have for everybody tonight? Well, I'm a little embarrassed that uh, our free roll, we can't even announce it because it's already started at 7.30. But if, if you're in the free roll, good luck. It's actually a, uh, it says $40 in one spot, but it's actually a $55 free roll, 35 for first, 15 for second, 5 for third. It's a PLO free roll. For the first time ever, we're having a PLO tournament on the No Fraud Online Poker Room uh, that's attached to the site. I won't bother to explain how to get to it because it's too late already. But if you're in, good luck. And if you're not in, I apologize, but you should know that we have this thing because we've been doing it the last few weeks. So thank you to C Money, Sir Bob, and John Stamos for the money for both this and our other contest tonight, which will be the return of Older or Younger Than Druff. This hmm. is where I give you six poker players, and you have to say whether they are older or younger than me. I recently turned 40, and... You just have to tell me older or younger, and if you get four out of the six correct, you win $10. Cash money. I'll ship it to you any way you want or give you a piece of me in the World Series of Poker. Speaking of the World Series of Poker, we have some news we're going to discuss this week for the World Series, including a bracelet for Phil Helmuth, an almost bracelet for Phil Ivey, and an almost cash, a heartbreaking bubble finish for someone on this show. Mm. So we'll talk about that. Uh, maybe we'll get a Ken Scaler check-in. Uh, if Vowel ever gets her computer working, we will have her in some segments. We have some prank calls that we're going to make tonight, including one to a very famous person in poker. We're going to attempt to call this person, and uh, Colonel Fabersham is going to call this person. I don't want to spoil it, and I especially don't want anyone warning this person. But... Uh, We'll be doing that as well. Should I, should I disconnect vowels? Because I am hearing the typing. Yeah, yeah, disconnect her until she's... It's funny how I can hear the typing. Like, we can obviously hear something from her. Okay. You still there, Todd? Like, no, yeah, no. how come we can hear typing but not her voice? Why didn't she, like, put her face by the keyboard? Oh, yeah. I'm like, she's going down on the keyboard. Actually, okay, she cannot get her headset to work. Her, her laptop is crazy. All her USB ports have gone dead. <laughs> She's booting up another laptop. I, I think that what? Uh, somebody has secretly uh, broken into our homes and hijacked the show. Well, let me ask you something. Uh, before I embarrass myself by letting everyone know exactly how I am running this show, uh, can people call in... And can you connect guests and make outgoing calls, or do I need to do it for my end? Um, I think I can. I think I can add. Okay. Outgoing calls. Let's see. Yeah, I see. Actually, I see Todd add a phone. Oh, oh, I will be charged for calling it. <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> no, I don't. It's fine. You know what? It, you could do that. I I'm using uh. 
an old Skype account that uh, I, I once created for another podcast, and I think it's showing me I have three dollars and, and ten cents on here, but I'm not going to load any more money on on here because this isn't an account I'm never going to use again. And do you know why I'm not going to add any more money, Druff? Druff? Okay, I think I lost Druff. This is going to be good. All right, let me see if I can get uh, Druff back. This is going well so far. Yeah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> this is a great radio. I think this is going to be one of well, our great shows. Anyhow, as I, I, I don't know if you got cut off. I can actually make outgoing calls. I have $3.10 on okay. this Skype account. and obviously, carry us over. Yes, and I'm not going to add any more money. Do you know why? Yes. So anyhow, uh, if anyone wants to call into the show, Jeff, can they Skype in to you? And you can connect them to us? Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they can't. Okay, uh, well. very sad. Well, then uh, you know what? But, uh, <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to just really say it then. Should I come out and say it or no? <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. Is this, is this actually your old phone number? Is this, well, is this your own number? Okay, this is the thing. I don't have a number anymore because I let it expire. I didn't renew uh -huh. it after. But for someone to call in, they're going to have to Skype a certain name that I'm using under this account, or I will have to call them. So should I go ahead and say how to Skype me? Or <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? I mean, you know what? It's so much fun. This is why I made people laugh. Anyone that wants to call into the show tonight, I, I this is the account I had set up. Uh, many months ago when I used to have uh, the Into the Night show on, uh, Into the Night with Drex on a former site, and uh, I let the phone number expire, obviously, uh, you know, because I do not participate with uh, that other site anymore. But nonetheless, if anyone wants to call in tonight, you're either going to have to PM Druff or myself or, and let us, if you don't have access to Skype, and I'll have to call you, or if you do have Skype, you can Skype in to Poker Fraud Alert Radio by adding donkdown.radio uh, on Skype. <laughs> that is my Skype name, and that is a Skype uh, ID that is running the show. That's donkdown. Uh, period radio. I mean, and this is really embarrassing. Yes. Okay, Angel's back on the laptop, and I hate to admit this, but this is how this show is being run on a 10-year-old laptop using... Donkdown Radio Skype, uh, just Jesus. Now, in, in, in Brandon's defense here, this wasn't actually the official Donkdown Radio account. We're not hijacking uh, the account for that site. This is a account that Brandon set up himself for a show he ran on that site previously, and it just happens to be called Donkdown yes. Radio. So, uh, hopefully, uh, Vowels, are you with us here? I'm okay. here. Can you hear me? Oh, no, not this again. No, it's nothing. Oh, 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 you're great, you're great. Don't do anything. <laughs> Don't move. Just hit one spot. Do not oh my God. move a muscle. It's a comedy of errors tonight, guys. Oh, it's terrible. Like uh, I, it, as soon as your computer crashed, I suddenly realized that none of the USB ports on my laptop were functioning. Unreal. <laughs> this is really bad. It's really been all downhill for everything on this site ever since I had Ace King outdrawn by a gut shot on the turret. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what set it, it all into motion. Yeah, everything fell apart at that point. And, uh, you know, I, I could be at a final table right now. Uh, instead, I'm here on, on Donk Down Period Radio, uh, or at least on that account. <laughs> but this is Poker Fraud Alert Radio. <laughs> Using Donk Down Radio's... 
not real account, but account named Downtown Radio. This is so embarrassing. Okay, so you know we're we're gonna try to get to the agenda. We have no phone number tonight. This will all be fixed by next week. <laughs> I will have my sound card back. That's the reason we cannot run this off of my Skype, and the reason we cannot uh, do all this. You know, Brandon didn't have a phone number ready, which is understandable because Brandon did not think he was running the show. Yes, and uh, we're we're making do. We could have canceled it. But we've decided to make do and do what we can with the show. And next week, things will be back to normal, and I'll have a real sound card. I'll even test that real sound card before the show. But this really got me by surprise. And what I also, what I could also advise, if anyone wants to call into the show tonight and does not have Skype, if, again, if you do, this is the last time hopefully I'm going to mention it, you could add me this one time only. Uh, this will be the last <laughs> time this Skype account is ever going to be used, uh, hopefully. Knockdown, period, radio, <laughs> or better yet, if you PM me, or, or you can even PM drop it, I guess it would make more sense to PM me your phone number, I can actually call out. Um, you I know just how they th- say, uh, don't call us, we'll call you, yes. we really mean it this time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, getting uh, back into the groove of things, obviously the talk of the forums yesterday, Druff, uh, you... Had a hell of a run, and uh, I guess I'll let you take it from there. Why don't you talk about uh, what happened and describe the last two days? Yeah, it's it's not happy. I'll I'll tell you guys that uh, this was one of the more interesting events I've played. Uh, I have a lot of things to say about it, and unfortunately the end was very unsatisfying. Uh, This is the $5,000... Limit Hold'em event. This is the championship Limit Hold'em event. Last year it was 10,000 buy-in. This year it's 5,000. They were attempting to get more people by lowering the buy-in and didn't really get many more. They got seven more people. But uh, 166 entries. They were paying the top 18 spots, and you started with 15,000 in chips, which is standard, and three times whatever the buy-in is at the World Series. What was not standard, this is the first time I've ever had the situation at a World Series event. You played the same blinds for four hours, for four levels. Level 1, 2, 3, and 4 were all playing 200, 400 limit with 100, 200 blinds. It did not move up for four hours. And this was on purpose, and this was smart. It may sound stupid, but it's smart. One of the problems with limit hold'em events at the World Series is at the very beginning, the limits tend to be too low, and it's meaningless. The first two hours pretty much don't matter at all. And then it starts to escalate too quickly to where everybody's short-stacked, essentially. And uh, then it becomes like a run-good contest. So there's been a lot of complaints about this. Well, they fixed half of it. They fixed the problem where the beginning is meaningless. What they did here is by starting you at a meaningful level, 200-400, starting 15K in chips, and keeping it for four hours, so this way it doesn't move up too quickly. This way you get some real play for four hours, and then for the next two hours, it moves up, but only you know, but stays the same again. So then it moves up to playing 300, 600, but you're playing that for two, for two hours instead of one. And then after that, starting on level seven, it moves up every hour. So I was in this event, and uh, at one point I was near the chip lead. Poker News said I was the chip leader, but I think they were wrong. But I was near the chip lead, lost a few pots at the end of the day, finished 13th out of like 109 people left in the day one of that event. So 13 out of 166 total, with I think 57 busted. 
coming to day two. Pretty good. Coming to day two, and uh, you know, I stagnated at the beginning, but uh, I survive. Every time I start to lose chips, I, I gain chips again, and I lose them again. But I was, I was surviving. I was kind of keeping near average for most of the time. But day two was interesting because my table redraw for the start of day two had a gentleman next to me named Phil Tom. Phil Tom is a bracelet winner, but he's also the father of Absolute Poker CEO and cheater Scott Tom. Phil Tom is also said to be the guy who pretty much put in the seed money for Absolute Poker, or at least a lot of it. You know, because Scott Tom was only in his, in his 20s, as were the other business partners there. They didn't have the money to start a poker site. So Phil Tom, his dad, gave him the money. Whether Phil Tom was involved in any of the actual cheating is unknown. There's been some rumors about it, but uh, uh, if he was involved, he wasn't a major player in it. And this is only on AP. This is not, U, uh, this is not UB. But uh, if you ever bring up the AP thing, he acts like his son was wrongly accused. I don't know if he really believes that, or uh, more likely he just says it. Anyway, I was put next to this guy, and I, I didn't know what I was going to do here. I, I didn't know am I going to create like a whole confrontation with him at the table, sitting right next to him the whole time. And not only that, I saw we were at a table that was going to be very late to break. So do I really want like a very uncomfortable situation with a guy next to me at a $5,000 event? I mean, sure, it's funny for uh, for the rail if I'm going to mess with Phil, uh, with Phil Tom, but... Uh, number one, it's, it's Scott Tom's dad. It's not Scott Tom himself. And number two, uh, you know, is this going to distract me from doing what I need to do the event? By the way, am, am I still connected here? Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Okay, good. good, yeah. good. Okay, so just wanted to check. I'm not doing. Yeah, the irony may be we may not get disconnected, and this may be the best radio in terms of connectivity that we've had yet. <laughs> okay, so Phil Tom, <coughs> I was wondering how that he was going to act towards me. I was wondering if he had seen the 60 Minutes special. If you recognize me now, I do look a little bit different. I'm four years older since the 60 Minutes special was taped. I now have a beard. I did not have a beard on that special. Uh, I had sunglasses and hat on. I'm not even sure if he'd recognize me as the same guy. But I was wondering how he'd act. I was wondering just the guy's general demeanor. And I'd heard a lot of you know things that he's arrogant, that, that he's kind of an asshole. So I was kind of expecting that personality at the table, which would have also made it a lot easier to, to start up a confrontation with him. Well, I was very surprised uh, as Phil Tom's behavior. You would never know this is the father of uh, the absolute poker cheater, Scott Tom. And, and actually, you know, the father of the still owner of UB with supposedly new owners uh, right up to the time when they got busted. But Phil Tom was the nicest, most soft-spoken, just pleasant guy to play with. You would have no idea, you know, about what his son was involved in. And uh, and all the stories I'd heard about his personality, I I don't, I don't know what to say because uh, now I'm not believe me, I'm not saying wonderful things about the guy, and, I, and I've heard some stories about him that I won't bother repeating. But I was surprised that that Phil Tom was uh, extremely nice at the table. So, given that was going on, uh, it's always harder to start up at that point when the guy's being kind of a jerk at the table, and, and then you start needling him back. With, with AP stuff, then the table understands. If the guy's like being like super nice and nobody knows who he is and he's not even the cheater that's known, uh, I'd come off as the asshole if I'm just like starting up with them. So yes, I could have, but I decided not to because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not there to mess around. It's a $5,000 event day two. And I'm hoping to maybe win a bracelet in it. So, we play through that. Um, 
Finally, I get moved to a new table. And then I get moved to a new table again. And at my last table assignment, who is next to me, and this is with 27 players left, they, re they did a complete redraw. Directly to my right is none other than Annie Duke. So now I've got another decision to make. With 27 left in the event, do I start off with Annie Duke? Do I make jokes about the Epic Poker League? You would have been a hero if you had. Yeah. Do, do, I, do I make UB comments? What, what do I do with Annie Duke? Now, keep in mind also, I've played with Annie Duke before, and Annie Duke was very, very bitchy to me in the past. And when I say the past, I don't mean after I had been going off on UB or after I appeared on 60 Minutes or CNBC. I mean before all that, and before she really had any clue who I was. And I had various unpleasant experiences with her playing with her in tournaments, where she was just rude to me, uh, and, and she was rude to me just seeing me as just an average Joe she didn't know. So I'm thinking, okay, if this goes on again, and I, I assume she probably knows who I am by, by now, especially since she has me blocked from Twitter. But <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I, I'm thinking, okay, if there's any rudeness from her here, then you know, then it's on here. But I'm thinking, you know, do I want to start up with Annie Duke? But I, again, I'm thinking, you know, I, I've got to focus on the more important thing here. And as this event, a $5,000 event with 27 people left for the bracelet. So Annie Duke uh, did not have many chips. At one point she did, but uh, when I was with her, she didn't. Uh, I did, she, she was getting visibly frustrated that she was getting no hands. She just really wanted to get a hand and raise it and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. She couldn't get anything. She's like, fold, fold, fold. She was getting more and more irritated. She wasn't really being a bitch to anyone. You could just tell she was getting pissed, like, internally. But this is actually the most pleasant I've ever seen Annie Duke at the table. Uh, just like uh, Phil Tom, she came off as very nice and, uh, and easygoing, aside from the, like, frustration about not getting hands. So, finally, she got a hand. And I think to myself, wouldn't it be sweet if I were to look down now and see aces? And I look down and I see aces. Wow. So I three bet her, and I, you know, I had position on her. I, I three bet her. The flop comes ace high. I mean, you can't get any better than that. Actually, no, it came all diamonds, and I had the ace of diamonds. Then I got an ace on the turn, so I was pretty much, you know, couldn't lose this. And, uh, you know, I think she folded the river and never saw my hand. But uh, that crippled her, and she busted shortly afterwards, not to me, but she was out like 23rd and uh, kind of pseudo-bubbled the event. So that was the end of Annie Duke, and now with Phil Tom gone who had also busted around there, like, 24th, and Annie Duke gone. Now, I could fully concentrate on winning my second bracelet, or at least making my first final table since, would you believe, 2006. I've been in a big final table slump at the World Series, uh, not making any final tables in the past six years. I came very close twice. I got, uh, or sorry, three times I came very close to... Um, basically the final table bubble. Twice I lost on the last card, which would have put me to the final table, and, and once uh, I got 10th place when 9 go to the final table. But nevertheless, I've not had a final table since 2006. Fully concentrating on this. Unfortunately, the cards were not really cooperating. And with a big rail on Poker Fraud Alert, and I appreciate all that, all the people on Poker Fraud Alert who were cheering me on, and people cheering me on on Twitter, and when I read this, and I was actually reading it during the event. It, you know, it made me feel good. It really legitimately made me feel good that, that I kind of felt like I had an audience. I had a group of people that were actually hoping for me to win, even people that didn't have any pieces of me in the event. And by the way, 16% of myself was sold to Poker Fraud Alert, of people on the site. So I wanted to win for them. I wanted to win for the people who were watching this. I had family members and friends watching this from outside of poker. 
Well, 18 people cash. We got down to 20. I had 99K, and the average was like 125. We took a break. I had to make a decision at that point. My decision was, do I play my normal style and just try to accumulate chips, or do I try to min cash for 11,000? Now, that's the problem here is 11,000 is substantial money, especially these days when all the games are lower, when it's harder to come by money in poker. 11,000 is real money. It's not, it's not like 1,000 that, that I can easily blow off and say, oh, you know, uh, screw it, I'll try, I'll try for the big time here, forget the 1,000, forget the 2,000. This is 11,000. If you don't cash for 11, you get zero instead of 11,000. It's really frustrating. Uh, but at the same time, I, I thought to myself, why am I here? I'm pay, I paid 5,000 bucks to enter this thing. I didn't pay 5,000 bucks to enter, have near average chips, and then try to fold to a min cash. Like, why would I do that? So, I'm going to play my normal style, and if it kills me, it kills me. Well, Boomslang from PokerStars, a, a very good uh, limit player who uh, plays high limit on PokerStars from Germany, um, he was very short stack coming back from the break, and he busted quickly. So now we're down to 19. The next person to bust, I'm, I'm in the money. I've got 99K. There's a few people with like 60K. I think I'm in pretty good shape. Until I lose four straight hands, including ace-king against 9-4 on a 6-5-2 flop. I get it all in. So I've got to fade a 9, a 4, and especially a 3. Once a 3 comes, I'm pretty much drawing dead. The whole crowd comes around because everybody is waiting. It, it, it's been two very long days, and everybody's waiting to cash. Even though this field is a lot of really tough limit holding pros, a lot of people who are, are not, you know, who don't need the 11,000 badly, still, you've played two very long days. Everybody wants to cash and get it over with. So a huge crowd surrounds my table, sweating out the turn in the river, and turn right there, bang a three to make a straight for my opponent, and I was drawing dead to a chop. Obviously, didn't get there, and I was gone. So I was the bubble boy. Losing four straight hands, including ace-king against 9-4, leading on the flop. And I'll tell you... So frustrating. When I walked out, I, I just it was like this disbelief came over me. Like, am I really out of this event? Is this really over? And I don't have this usually from tournaments. When I busted 88th in the main event two years ago, I, I didn't really have that. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I, I guess my short stack finally didn't hold up. I guess I'm finally done here. Like that, that was that, I was disappointed, but I wasn't like, "Am I really out? Is this over? Is that it?" Like I, I accepted my fate right away at the main event, even though it was for so much more money and so much more consequential. But by the way, don't call the, don't call this show one step. He's trying to call the show. I, I can't take your call one step. Sorry, it's not that I don't want to. I, I, I actually can't. I can see you calling, but I can't. Josh, how many more events do you plan to play? And well, you said you got one coming tomorrow. Yeah, I have one coming tomorrow. I take a break for almost a week. Then I play a, a number of events. It depends how many day twos I make. Because I was supposed to play a, a, an, another event this weekend. I didn't because I made day two here. Uh, but I'll, I'll have about two solid weeks between June 18th and like July 2nd or so, July 1st, where I'll be playing a lot of events, just rapid fire, bang, 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 bang. And I, I think by the time the whole World Series is over... I'll probably play to about 10 events or so. Uh, of course, it, again, it depends on my day twos. But when I went out of this one, I, I mean, I was just so disappointed because I had two long days 
and, and I battled, and I was up against you know some really good limit holding players. This wasn't just an easy tournament where you relax and you know and beat donkeys the whole time. A lot of really good players in this field. Uh, I just because I I came into it. It's not that I was the bubble boy. It's that I came into it with more chips than three people, or at least three people. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I pretty much got this. I've got close to average chips with one left to bust in a limit tournament. And I was the one who busted. It was, and, and, you know, with a bad beat. Like, it was just one of these things I just kind of stood there. And so Boomslang, who had busted 20th, came up to me. He watched it happen. He came up to me and he's like, oh, man, I know how you feel. He was like the only one who, like, really understood at that moment because it just happened to him. And he said to me, come on, man, let's go out and get drunk. And for a moment, I actually was going to say yes. And for those of you that know me, you'd be, su- you'd be surprised. I, I never get drunk. I was going to say, when, when was the last time you got drunk? The last time I got drunk was when I was like 19 in college and I wasn't <laughs> that drunk. I'm serious. So, so like, I, like, I almost really went out with him and, and, and I got really drunk. Like, I, I almost said, yes, let's go. Because, like, that's how, like, I, I was telling him, like, like, this is so sick. I can't believe I'm just gone. Like, I can't believe all this work, all this time, and I have the same fate as the first guy who busted after 45 minutes. You know, I, don't, I, I know it's, it's not that similar, but I remember a couple years ago, it might have even been 2000, I think it was 2008, when obviously it was the uh, 10K uh, Limit World Championship, and you came very close to cashing there as well. It was a much, it was a deeper field, and obviously the price pool is higher, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you got knocked out by Eric Lindgren. Do you remember? Is that am I correct? No, no. Um, we, I did cash actually. The funny thing is, I finished in the same event, also nineteenth. But you did cash because it was a bigger field. This is an 08. Oh, what? And, okay. Uh, cashing was at twenty-seven instead of uh, nineteen. Now I did miss the next bump up in money, which was like ten k or something. So I, I did miss out on a on a big increase in money. If I'd made eighteenth. Was so it Eric? Was, kind of was it Eric Lindgren that knocked you out? You're close. It was Eric Froelich who knocked me out. Oh, okay. And so Eric Froelich. Eric Froelich, who also knocked me out of my first tournament ever on TV and ESPN when I spent a C cover, uh, he, he did it to me again in 2008 in the 10K Limit Championship. But uh, I kind of got my revenge on Froelich because he and the grinder that year, this is four years ago, he and the grinder put two really bad beats on me to take a lot of my chips. And the, as I had a good chips in that event. And then I was out really fast, thanks to those two horrible beats on very, very big pots. Um... They got my cursed chips, and they took beats even worse than I took. And even though they had huge stacks when I left, they were out like 15th and 13th. And uh, I can't say I was happy, because I, I actually like Eric Froelich, and I like the grinder. So I, I wasn't happy they were gone. I didn't blame them for beating me, because like I, I understood why they didn't fold. It just turned out they were ver- drawing very thin. But, uh, you know, uh, it was funny that the two guys who took my chips who beat me in brutal fashion then went out in even more brutal fashion. But that was four years ago. But that wasn't nearly as bad because I did cash. And, like, I, I, if, when you walk away with nothing, you walk away saying, crap, I wasted two days here, and, you know, I might as well have been the first one out. Like, I really got nothing for this. And I was also thinking, crap, 19 people, like, that's not that many between me and a bracelet. Right. Like, I really wanted to make at least this final table. I really wanted it to be at a final table. So I miss it. It's been six years. And it didn't happen. So um, people have asked me some questions about the event, about uh, 
That's how I feel about uh, the event. By the way, yeah, I did I did bust uh, White Pilgrim, White Pilgrim, and uh, I, I was asking the chat, uh, did you ask White Pilgrim if he's related to the Iceman? I, I considered asking him that, but I busted him too fast. I busted him like with aces, like third hand of the day. But uh, anyway. Well, I think I speak for everybody uh, in the chat room when I say we would have actually liked it if you had gotten drunk and done a, a drunken radio. <laughs> you know, I felt bad for everybody here that spent their time following me. I really thought of this site when I busted. I'm like, crap, not only is this like really frustrating to me, but I feel so bad for all the people that spent all this time railing me and then just have this like unhappy ending. Like it's, a, it's like you're watching this, this movie that you're really enjoying, and then it has like an awful ending, and you're like, why do I waste my time? Like I, mm-hmm. That's how I felt. And, but, you know, you know I, I've thought back to it, and I posted I'm not going to go over the four hands I played other than that Ace King. You know, I'm not going to, this isn't going to be hand history, hand history radio. But, uh, <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I know Donald's going to enjoy that one. But, but I, I thought about my general stuff. I thought, did I make a mistake? Should I have just, like, left someone bust here? just for my psychological well-being that I'm not the bubble boy and I get my 11K to start off the series. Because this is my first event I've played this year. Yeah. And should I have done that? And, and I thought back and I said, you know what? No. I, I came here to win. I came here to final table. I didn't come here to fold to a min-cash. The only time I'm going to fold to a min-cash is when I'm so low in chips that I know I really have just about no chance to do anything else. Now, but I, I did want to also mention, uh, and you know, I haven't really gotten into this, and we talked about this on the phone, <clears throat> a certain person, uh, Scotty No, from uh, another site, actually made a pretty, you know, especially considering we all used to be friends, Druff, uh, comment about you bubbling uh, yeah. the event, which I, I just thought was pretty tasteless. Like, it's one thing for trolls or people you never met, but for people that have met each other many, many times. Uh, but first off, before we, we talk about that, uh, Scotty No, I actually have a soundbite of uh, oh, that. Yeah. He wanted me to let you know and... This is his feeling on everything in general in regards to uh, you playing the event yesterday. They won two times. <laughs> was that Scotty? <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> Let me guess that Quad Jacks helped you record that. Yes, they, they did the interview for me with Scotty No. Yes, absolutely. Interesting. So, so okay. Um... <laughs> So, yeah. And for those that don't get it, go ahead and explain it, because I know I'm looking up here. Yeah, I can't believe this. So Scotty, no, you know, he's been a member of our various forum communities for a long time. He's not part of Poker Fraud Alert, but uh, most of you here know him. And, uh, you know, Scotty, no, lives in Las Vegas. And I, I actually took Scotty, no, out. You'll be surprised to hear this. I don't think I've ever told anyone this. But I took Scotty, no, out on a romantic date. Last year, <laughs> to to the uh, the Voodoo Steakhouse in the Rio, a very nice steakhouse. Me and him, just, just, the, two just oh, the two yeah. of me. Yeah, the two of us. And would you believe I used my Jew vouchers from the Rio playing the World Series instead of spending them on my own food? I actually took my Jew vouchers and let Scotty No use a number of them to get free food. Mm. Did you get lucky? I, I didn't even get that from him. You know, like I, I got nothing out of it. I mean, you got a bunch of. <laughs> This is a true story. I like yeah. now. Yes, I did ask other people to come first, and th- none of them were available. So he wasn't the first choice. I'll, I'll say that. But the true, the bottom line is, I could have just gone twice, 
I, you know, I, or something like that, or I could have just ordered the most extravagant meal ever with all the vouchers I had. I had like 13 vouchers. But yeah, you can spend 130 bucks by yourself at a nice restaurant very easily, even oh, if you don't drink. Yeah, absolutely. So, so instead of doing that, instead of going to the Voodoo Lounge and picking out by myself, I said, you know, I'll do something nice for Scotty No, and I'll invite him, since you know, the other people who I invited, including Brandon, were unavailable. So I invited Scotty No to come with me and, and use my vouchers, and he did. And, uh, you know, so me and him had always been on good terms. We, we were never close friends, but we were always on very good terms. And this all changed when, you know, Mikeon and I had our dispute regarding issues on Donk Down, which I won't bother rehashing now. But he very much took Mikeon's side. And the weirdest thing about this whole thing, if he wants to like Mikeon better and take his side, you know, fine. That's uh, it's. Uh, I don't expect everyone to take my side, no matter what the circumstances are. But you know, it's his choice who he wants to side with. But the weird thing was, he got like really emotionally involved in it, and it was none of his business. Like it really. None of this had anything to do with him. But he started getting progressively nastier towards me for no reason. And this is someone I've never done anything bad to. This is someone I've always been nice to. And even in my disagreements with him when he was going off on me or, or, or saying bad things about me, like I, I was still talking to him cordially, trying to explain to him my side of things and say, hey, you know, there's two sides to every story, blah, blah, blah. And I thought at the very least that even if he didn't like me very much anymore for a matter that's really none of his business that at least he was never going to overtly attack me you know we have trolls out there that have been attacking me for years I'm not going to name them but you know who they are okay people who who for years have been insulting me on these forums and I expect when I bubble an event like yesterday in such brutal fashion and when they know that I'm pissed that they're going to come out and needle me in some way and that's expected I, I know it's going to happen, and I don't even get angry because I'm like, that's what they do. That's what these trolls do. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't have any other expectation of them. But it's predictable, right? But Scotty, no. First, I get a tweet from him, and I actually thought this was a nice tweet. I I thought there was a chance it was sarcastic, but uh, I thought it was probably sincere, and I thought it was a a nice thing to say. He tweeted to me at Todd Wattellis, "Good game. Nineteenth is a very respectable finish." Well, I mean, th that that didn't sound bad. Now, yes, 19th was no money, so I thought maybe he's doing this sarcastically, but it seemed to me like he was saying, good game, 19th out of 166 players, many of whom are top top of the world limit hold'em players, is respectable even if you don't cash. I, I kind of took it to mean that and didn't take it as a, a slam on me. So I thought, oh, that was nice of him. After you know, after the bad things he said about me, maybe he's feeling bad and he's trying to make me feel better at a moment when I'm feeling pissed off about about the whole bubbling thing. So I I, I didn't respond to it, but I thought that was you know a nice gesture. But just uh, a short time later, uh, on, on uh, another forum, on a former forum, they're knocked down. Uh, someone had posted a thread on there saying uh, Druff making moves and 5k limit near the chip leaders this is, you know back on the first day so that was the name of the thread so Scotty No ran over to that thread after seeing that I bubbled 154 in the morning you know very close to when I bubbled and said yep making moves straight to the stone bubble L-O-L-O-L-O-L justice Oh my. Why, why say that? I mean, why, why needle me? This is this guy's not a troll. This is not someone who has years of history fighting with me or, or trying to get me mad. This is someone I took to dinner just to be nice last year. 
Why, why come out and say LOL, LOL, justice? Justice for what? What did I do to deserve this justice of bubbling? I mean, I know everybody bubbles in a tournament. There's always one bubble boy. I don't think I'm special where I deserve not to bubble. But, why, I mean, why, why, why say LOL, LOL, justice and, and, and make fun of me about it? I mean, it's just, like, why do that? It's just really lame. So. I don't know. What do you think, Brandon? Is this no, something I, I mean, that's never, never going to go away? I mean, I know I totally agree with with Druff. In fact, I, you know, I'm the one. Well, I, I'd mentioned it to him on radio or before radio, and he had mentioned he had saw it. And again, whatever, you know, it's the internet. But people have to understand a lot of these relationships had been interpersonal for a very long time, where we all knew each other and we were friends. And I think I don't know. Just I don't know if ethically is the right term to use, but you know, it, it's fine if you want, you know a former partner of mine wants to root against me or if I'm going to root against someone else privately, but to come out against a former friend that, like I mentioned, you've, you've known for years and years and just make a comment like that, it just rubbed me the wrong way. It just, it just smacked of just, I don't know, just uh, being a scumbag remark, especially immediately right after he, he bubbled the tournament. Yeah, like if, he, if he wants to privately sit there and, and be happy that I busted but not tell anyone or, or tell a few of his friends, but, uh, you know not come out publicly and make fun of me for bubbling. Again, people can make fun of me for bubbling, but I'd expect that more out of just strangers on the internet or trolls. Exactly. Some, not someone I've, I've met in person all these times and used to be friendly with and even took out for, to a romantic dinner last year. So I'm not going to go on forever talking about this, but it's just... And a lot of people just think he's awful at posting on forums anyway. I don't think anyone really enjoys his posts, even though he's been around forever. So... Uh, <laughs> At least that's the situation. So, I, you know, I, th- I think it's worth mentioning, especially since uh, we've got a show tonight where we can't uh, take phone calls, and we've, you know, a, a lot of our, a lot a lot of our plans got exactly. But then again, anyone that does want to call in, uh, you could either use a Skype name that's going to be retired forever, like that uh, great horse. I'll have another after this episode, or you can PM me, and I will call you. Um, and that, that's how we're running it tonight. As if anyone that is just tuning in, uh, Druff Soundcard died immediately when we were beginning this show, so I'm running it from uh, my computer. I wasn't prepared to do this, so we're, we're just doing the best we can. Um, still going to have a great show this evening. Got some crank calls on the bo- on the agenda. We're going to talk about uh, some other stuff with World Series and a couple other various subjects. And uh, I guess... Uh, and we have a segment with vowels. That we're gonna, vowels. Uh, do you want to talk about briefly what uh, we're going to do with you tonight? No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, I don't know how much we'll do, but we will mm-hmm. talk. And uh, I had uh, some people who were discussing the other day how people can, for example, be enamored with a woman's foot or the various fetishes that people seem to have. And I was reading an interesting article about how they develop. So we'll talk about that a little, and then maybe we'll question our co-hosts about their personal fetishes as well. Okay. Sounds very interesting. Now, Druff, you are, we are both actually playing, uh, I guess we'll segue kind of into the World Series of Poker more. We are both going to be playing tomorrow. It's going to be my first event, Druff's second. We're playing in the same event. We're going to be playing uh, the Limit Hold'em event tomorrow at noon. The, excuse me, the Limit Hold'em shootout tomorrow at noon. Do you think that, uh, you know, it's my first event, and I'm very, very fresh, um, but do you think just psychologically, 
just the fact that you played two days, the fact that you bubbled, it's going to impact you in any way tomorrow at all? Do you think you're ready, you, your head will be clear by tomorrow to play? or? I, I think I will be. If it was today, I actually would have not played. I would have actually declared myself uh, psychologically unfit <laughs> to play the event, and I would have bowed out of it. Now, for people who bought pieces of me, you don't have to worry about this because I did not sell any pieces of this one. This is one I refused to sell, the 1500 shootout. So it'll all be my money on the line tomorrow. Of course, I encourage everybody to check out the results for both myself and Brandon. I, I will be tweeting like crazy. Oh, that's one other thing I should mention. A crazy Mike. <laughs> you crazy. He, he unfollowed me because I tweeted too many updates from my 5K limit event and Charter also unfollowed me. Christian Harder. Wow. Now, Charter said that he will refollow me when I stop tweeting so much. So that, I guess that's reasonable. Hmm. Uh, I think real cra- I think Crazy Mike actually stopped following me for good and claimed I was spamming. You know, spamming updates. So, uh, and a few others actually said they unfollowed me. But the reason I was giving so many updates is because I know there's a number of people who are interested in reading them. People who can't make it to Vegas for the World Series. People who own pieces of me. Family members and friends who like to see these things. You know, people who want to feel like they're part of the action even when they're not there. And I think those people, which includes everybody listening here and all the people on the forum, I, these are more important people to me than random Twitter people who get annoyed that I tweet too much. So, uh, you know, that's why I do it. And... Do you use that app, Lazy Unfollow, so you can uh, get a look at who's unfollowing you? No, I, I don't. I should. I should, I should I've heard about that me. before, but I, I don't know if I've ever really cared or... How does that work, if you can just tell me? I know people tell uh, me about it all the time. It's just a free app, and you download it onto your iPhone and sign in with your Twitter account, and it lets you know who's unfollowed you and uh, gives you a chance to tweet about it if you want. And it gives you the opportunity to unfollow them, you know, in a sort of uh, oh, aggressive fuck you. <laughs> what is, is this what the world's come to, really? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but, by the way, at this, at this limit event, uh, Matt Glantz is still in. There's only seven people left. Andrew Prock, who was known as Quackers on Poker Stars, is chip leader. Jeff Schulman was once the massive chip leader, but he's flipped. He's number two. And uh, I heard if he wins, he might uh, throw the bracelet in the garbage. <laughs> But uh, um, and Woodrow, Matthew Woodward, he's uh, fifth in chips. But anyway, Matt Glance wanted to mention him because Matt Glance revealed to me yesterday, when I sat down at his table, that he listens to this show every week. Wow! Oh wow! So he says it's a very long show, but he <laughs> likes he likes the fact that it's long. He says it's something, it gives him something to do when he's when he's surfing the internet or or playing poker or whatever it is that he enjoys having this long show to listen to. And so he does listen. And, you know, he's it's a very funny. I think about that a lot because I do know, I just don't know who they are, but I know there are a lot of people that are in the poker world that you wouldn't either su- suspect or just have any clue but listen. And it's always interesting to hear that when you just find someone that mentions it that you never, uh, you know, like, like for example, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago I was at Red Rock and I ran into uh, David Plastic. And he actually made a comment that I, I listened to the pilot show with... Uh, well, he actually said, you druff and that hot-sounding girl, whoever she is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I enjoyed it. And, yeah, and it's just, you know, you, you just really never know who's listening and who's downloading this. And I don't know, it's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I have to admit, Angel, Vowels, I've been getting a lot of that. Even my uh, my new little lady, uh, 
made a comment uh, about just not like, and she listened to an actual show. She listened to all of last week's show, by the way, uh, in which I talked about some things. I don't know if I'm sure you, re- you remember a uh, story with her father and some other. Uh, Was she upset about it? Not at all. Totally cool. And actually, we were getting a, our first call here. Um, let me connect them. Caller, you are on Poker Fraud Alert. Please turn on your radio with uh, Druff, myself, and Vowels. For a story with your father. Okay. Oh, come on. Turn off your radio. I mean, really? What is Okay. I'm going to hang up. If you can figure out your issues, you can call back. Yeah. It's <laughs> not good. So that, I think we need to maybe get your name out there more because everyone that has heard this show either asks who you are or just refers mm-hmm. to you as a hot-sounding female sexy girl on the show. <laughs> okay? For some reason, they can't pick. Maybe we're not saying vowels or angel. I mean, what, what, what do you want to go by? Do you want to go by vowels, I assume, right? So I kind of go back and forth. I've called you both. Well, if you guys are going by Druff and Drexel, then I should go by vowels. It just makes sense. Yeah, it does um, make sense. So. Okay. Well, that's, that's what we'll do. But uh, uh, I, I want to uh, mention a few other World Series things here. Uh, Asian Spa, who is very mysterious. Nobody knows who he is. He's from uh, uh, a Twitter person. He just added my, me on Twitter, by the way. He oh, just followed me. Yeah, I was kind uh, of excited. Asian Spy used to really go after people all the time. He really made a name for himself, just going after people in the poker world. And a lot of people agreed with the stuff he had to say. He kind of said a lot of stuff that a lot of people were afraid to say because they didn't want their reputation to take a hit or whatever. But uh, he was doing it anonymously. It still is anonymous. But uh, now he has a blog on poker news. He's kind of gotten a little more mainstream. He's not quite as uh, vicious as he used to be. But I still like Asian Spot. He was rooting for me during this tournament. But the funny thing was, I got a call from Master Ken Scaler during day one. And I... I can't just say, hey, Ken, I'll call you back because he called me from a payphone. So what I was doing was I'd play my hand, and then I would stand up and talk to him between hands, and as soon as the next hand starts, I'd put the phone on mute and, and put it down on my lap and, and play again. So I'd talk to Ken for like five minutes this way and then tell him I had to go. Anyway, right after I hung up with Ken, I got a tweet, direct message from Asian Spa saying, maybe you'll do better if you put down the celly and start playing more poker. Hmm. So he was there. He was spying. Yeah. Spa was spying on me there, and I, I looked around. and I'm like, "Who is that? Who is it?" Like I was, I was trying to figure out who it could possibly be. Well, know. for those that also don't know, that's his. That's been his mo for a while. He likes to get up really close to uh, either people he follows on Twitter or, or known poker pros, take their picture, and then immediately either tweet at them or publish them. And uh, he's kind of like I don't want to say the James Bond of. You know, poker Twitterers, but that's, I mean, that's his MO. You know, he just you likes. really, really smart of him is if he has a completely unguessable third party who may not even know who he is working with him in this way. So, like, tells people, hey, if you see someone doing something notable that I can mention, uh, direct message it to me. Like, so, so his friend DMs him, hey, Todd's on his cell phone walking around. And then he says, you know, get off your cell phone, and I think he's there. Like, it could be something like that. Right. Because I looked around, and I saw... The weird thing about this was I looked around, and there, because we were playing, like, in the corner, it was very easy to look around at who was there. There was just about nobody on the rail at this point. We were way in the corner. It was hard to see me otherwise. And I don't think he was one of the 5,000 limit event players because I don't think he plays that high. So it was So really he's a mystery man. We don't yeah. know who he is. Yeah. Okay. I tried to figure it out, but... Uh, I wouldn't have outed him. You know, if I figured it out somehow, I wouldn't have outed him. But 
Yeah, it was pretty good. You know, you know it's funny, though. At one time or another, back in the day, when he first uh, kind of blew up in the poker world by just being uh, very critical and, you know, just expressing his opinions, uh, there were various rumors as to who he was. And I, for a while, there was a rumor that it was actually you, me, and our former partner. That was one <laughs> of the rumors. Do you, remember, do you remember that? That And I actually, I have been asked... Not not so much recently, but back in the day, whether it was me, yeah, me whether it was you, whether, you know, so then for a while the rumor was it was Jeff Mattson, it was Roberto, John Robert Ballon, and I, you know, I've talked with him many times, Agent Spot, he follows me on Twitter, and we actually just tweet, not just about poker, but just, you know, general bullshit, and I, I, I've never asked to meet him or who he is, but I just get the impression that he is what he says he is, which is just a, a no-name, like he's not a celebrity, uh, you know, he's like a two five to you know five ten no limit hold 'em player, and yeah, that, that's what I think. You know, and that's what's so weird is like I'm thinking if there's someone like that, like a two five no limit cash player, seeing me on my cell phone all the way in the corner of the room, and there's really no one on the rail except like one woman who clearly wasn't him, and like I'm like where the maybe hell is he is a woman, and that's that's why he can't. I thought about that. I'm yeah. like, what if that woman is Asian spa? Like, how, right. how sick will that be? <laughs> so so anyway that uh, but yeah I, I believe it too that he's just uh, not a no, uh, name player and that if you found out who it was you go okay yeah who's that yeah right. the number that called before is asking me to call them I'm not sure who this is uh, it's, it's actually someone pret- it's claiming to be one step but let me just see if uh, fake one step I mean uh, yeah we'll see <laughs> he gave me a cell phone I'm not sure what number this is but we're going to go call and see if let's see hello Please state your name after the tone, and Google Voice will try to connect you. Right. Uh, Welcome to Poker Frog Alert Radio. <laughs> I wonder if it'll be a happier one step this week. Yes, it's kind of like a... Hello? One step. What's going on? Hey, buddy, you're on uh, Poker Fire Alert. Are you feeling better this week? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I was, I was, I was doing good last week, but uh, you know, when when you when you smoke too many blunts in a day, you know, shit happens. Absolutely. Well, what's uh, what's going on? <laughs> well, yeah, I just, I just, uh, you know, I, I was wanted to congratulate, or however you, uh, I, I look at it as congratulating. You know, uh, you you finished twentieth to uh, draft, um, and. I think it's it's the first time I've ever rooted for anyone uh, that I didn't have any oh, money. Oh, so, this is like a sentimental, like a sentimental one step. It's yeah, cute. I was I was I was uh, I was supposed to go following until like three o'clock in the morning, and then I was like, nah, I'm too tired, and I just fell asleep. So yeah. And you woke up with um, bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was like I, I purposely left open your your Twitter. I was like, you know, I'm hoping you know when I wake up, you know, you'll be like you know fourth out of eighteen. You know, ready to start. You know, day day uh, three, whatever. But, um, yeah. but I, I was curious. What, what do you think? What do you think the odds are? Let's say you, you did. Let's say you know, get like first or second or whatever. What do you think the odds are that uh, you know who would uh, apologize and and try to reconcile uh, and all that? Well, yeah, I, I said before I don't want to discuss this on radio, but uh, but uh, I'll, oh. I'll give you a quick answer that I don't, I don't think it would have affected anything. Okay. I apologize. The Todd, Todd is God. I apologize. Please do not answer any questions that you do not feel uh, comfortable with. Okay, thank uh, you I can for skip permission to number to do three. <laughs> okay, yes. Uh, number three. Um, okay, so I, I'm just curious. If it, if it, 
Hello? Yeah, you're here. Go on. Can we lose him? Yeah. No. Go on. Okay, yeah, yeah, no. I was just curious, I was just curious, the, the, the general rules at, uh, at this, like, a table, uh, are you able to, like, curse or say profanity, or do you get, like, punished for that? They've changed it. It used to be if you said any profanity, you get a penalty. Now it's that you can use profanity, but you can't direct it at anyone. So uh, if you just say yes, so shit to your cards, that's okay? Yeah. I mean, you could even say fuck. No, if you said, you if could you even said, say if fuck. You said, like, curses in a different language. As, as far as I, I'm, from what I've read, you could actually utter profanity, like I said, even the word fuck, as long as it's not directed as uh, at an individual. That's, that is my understanding of the rule. Okay. Is that, is you know, that, but if, if they don't understand, if they don't understand it, then, you know, they, then, it, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it's fair game, then, uh, I'm assuming yeah. Someone in well, chat is asking, well, doesn't one step root for person? Tom Dwan? I'm sorry, say that again. No, no not well, uh, not not really. You don't. Oh, that's that's weird. Really. I, I I have no I have no financial stake in him, so I really don't really care. So. Do um, you have a financial stake in uh, Todd doing well? Well, no, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's it's the first time like I I was actually you know rooting for 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 Todd. You know, I figured. You know, this this would been this would have been uh, uh, one of like the greatest three month swings for anyone you know uh, anyone that ever had you know going from from the other side to to this side to you know to winning the or or going deep into the event. Yeah. You know, um, Steph's question kind of made me think of a question, Todd. That. And then I don't know what the answer is to this, and maybe both of you guys can speak to this, but have you you were talking about possibly considering needling some of the other players, um, but then decided not to. Has there been an instance where you did sit down at a table and just mess with somebody, and, and did it affect your game? Well, yes, there is. Uh, it was actually Phil Helmuth on ESPN when I was at the featured table in 2009. Now, I did not cash that year. It was, it was only a day two featured table. And... It uh, you know at this point this is long before Black Friday and and there was no closure at all not even close to the whole UB situation and in fact uh, people were wearing UB including Phil Helmuth himself at the table and they were you know it was going on business as usual despite uh, all, all the ongoing cover-ups there so I wanted to make an issue of this on national TV again and here I am with Phil Helmuth at a feature table so. First hand, Phil Helmuth raised. Someone else called, came back to me on the big blind. I looked down and said, hmm. Uh, I said, raising my blind, Phil? Can you see my cards? Oh, no, I forgot we're not on UB. <laughs> and then I threw it away. And, and so, nice. so, so then he argued back with me. He says, so just because uh, a few bad people uh, at the company do something, or not, not even a few bad, just because a few bad employees do something that makes the whole company bad, and I said, come on, this wasn't a few bad employees, it went all the way to the top, and we started arguing back and forth. Well, the floor man actually came out and stopped me, and told me that I have to stop hassling Phil Helmuth about UB. What did you think? What did you think? I mean, come on. Like, you know. Like, well, I know there's a lot of favorites. Like, anything different? Yeah, there's a lot of favorites. Yeah, you expect like, anything different? You know? They told me I had to stop hassling Phil Helmuth about UB or I'm going to get a penalty. And I was very short stacked. So if I got a penalty, I get blinded off and lose. So I, I actually had to you stop. Should have said, do you, do you, you should have said, do you know who I am? I'm Tom motherfucking Wittellis. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that should have been, that's it. Like, so, I so, should have sat back down, that's it. 
Here, here's the weirdest thing, though. A year later, 2010 now, World Series again. I, I'm just walking around uh, one of the rooms where the World Series is taking place, and Phil Helmuth walks up to me. He just approaches me out of nowhere and says, Hey, I'd just like to know, do you hate me? Oh, wow. And so I'm thinking, why does Phil Helmuth care so much if I hate him? And I, I said, I said, uh, I said, no, I, I don't really hate you. He says, no, no, I understand why you hate UB. You know, you you have good reason for that, but but I hope you don't hate me. And I just thought it was so bizarre that uh, Phil Helmuth, the, uh, the the big poker star here, that uh, he you cared. Know, this, this huge name in poker, that that he cared what I thought of him. He cared that I hated him. It was very peculiar. But hmm. anyway, that was that was so, my last interaction with Helmuth, other than when we called him that one time on another other radio show. If that had escalated, yes. would it have impacted your game in a negative way, do you think? Well, I was short-stacked there. I, I didn't have really any move at that point other than all-in, so it, I, or my, pretty much just all-in whenever we're going to make any kind of real play at a hand. So it wasn't going to impact much, but I did think about that. I always think about that when I'm in a tournament, like do I really want to turn this into a soapbox for whatever issues going on here? Uh, when I and, and just it would have been, been publicity for it would have been more publicity it would have been more publicity for your site though you, you know it would I, I think you know anytime you can get uh, enjoy this horizon you know, back like, while your party is reached. <laughs> 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 you can take over here. Hello, Bill. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? Congratulations on your bracelet number 12. Very impressive accomplishment. Now the leader. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. How are you? Okay. Is this the real Phil? That's a real Phil Helmuth. Oh, what an honor. You just blindsided him. He just answered his phone. Like, we we, we don't even know what to say to him. So, so, uh, (laughs) yeah, I I was sure. I know what to say to him. No, come on. Come on, one step. No, you've got to be cool now. Yeah, no, you're you're live on uh, on internet radio, uh, PokerFraudAlert.com, and uh, uh, you know I'm Todd Dandruff with Tell Us. I've got uh, Brandon Drexel Gerson here, and uh, Angel Vowels, and, and the famous One Step with me on the phone here. He's been disconnected just for you know purposes. Uh, Phil, how are you doing? You got to be feeling great today, huh? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm 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 running on like I don't know manic energy or something. I mean, I you know I. Uh, uh, just six straight days of playing 14 hours a day. Uh, you know, I was completely exhausted after I finished 15th in the stud eight or better. And then to hop in the RAS tournament, I didn't know what my chances were. And then, and then to before day two, I was exhausted. And before day three, so yeah. And then, and then last night I only slept four hours. And I've done a million interviews, and I've been talking nonstop. So I guess I'm just on some kind of manic energy. Wow. And you still answer your do phone. Do you, don't just, you don't just hang up on the unknown number. You just like answer your phone and do, do another interview. Rarely, rarely do I answer an unknown number. Well, we're very lucky then today. I think we just got lucky. For the first time, we got lucky. I mean, I know you've been asked this probably. I'm, I'm going to guess 150 times in the last 24 hours. But how does it feel to finally have that monkey off your back in terms of securing and winning, especially after last year when you came close? So many times a non-hold'em bracelet. I mean, it's got to just feel amazing. It just vindicate uh, just you as probably the, the greatest tournament player of all time. I mean, it just it has to be just a huge burden. Would, I mean, would you agree? No, I, I didn't look at it that way. I just I felt like 
I felt like any bracelet, any number 12 was going to be amazing, you know. And if it was in Hold'em, that's fine, too. I think I think the monkey fell off the back as far as that goes when I had three, you know, when I got there in the eight-game mix and two other non-Hold'em tournaments last year and, and had three seconds. I think that kind of came off my back then, so I wasn't as worried about that. It is nice that it's Raz, um, and I just... You know, I just I feel like um, I feel like I can win any tournament. Other than, I think my seven card stud needs a little work, but but I feel just super comfortable in every other game right now, and they all just make sense and things are flowing nicely. You know, it's, I was actually surprised. I really thought that you were going to jump uh, in today to the uh, 5K uh, Omaha Eight or Better tournament. You know, normally last year, I remember you just had a one one hell of a schedule in terms of just playing in so many events. I was actually surprised I didn't see you registered today in that, but obviously, uh, you know, like you said, you're just on some emotional high that, uh, I mean, I can tell by your voice, you don't you don't sound yourself. No, but I mean, of course I'm going to, just, I just figured out Omaha 8 or better, I just figured out how, how to play what I think is perfect strategy, it just kind of mm-hmm. like came to me in epiphany last time I played, and I had a great run, I finished 51st. And I was pretty unlucky to not do better in that event. I could easily have uh, final tabled it. And so I'm really looking forward to this event. I, I told myself if I won the last tournament, I was going to take the day off, unless it was Omaha 8 or better, a bigger buy-in, and that's exactly what it is tonight. So I am going to late reg it. I'll show up at 945. <laughs> and, so you're, uh, you're like supposed to be in the tournament, now you're talking to us. That's, that's, that's very about, cool. You know, I read, I, I read yesterday uh, on Poker News that your son, you flew your son in. I know, obviously, everyone knows your wife frequently comes down or, or is, is a presence when you make a final table. Uh, but was this the first time that your son has watched you win a bracelet? Um, he was he was somewhere around the table when I won my tenth bracelet. Um, you know, in the, to the extent he could legally be there at the Rio, and so he was to have him kind of watch that was was pretty amazing but I mean he obviously was 15 uh, very young at the time and so he really hasn't watched me play since and so for to, so you know I just I don't know you look for additional motivation and when my parents are in town I've won like 9 out of my 12 bracelets wow, so awesome. I just play better for my parents so I think we all do we all we all want to do something special Absolutely. for our parents you know, did you, did you, you get some kind of uh, them. Did you get some kind of special permission? Since you, I guess your son is what is, is he uh, is he twenty one now or is he uh, younger? Yeah, he's twenty one. Oh, he's twenty one. So, okay. You know, so I couldn't get my parents. They're flying out tomorrow, and they they wouldn't fly in. You know, for the Friday finals, and they wouldn't fly in for the Sunday finals. I didn't even ask on Sunday, and so I thought, well, let's get my son in, and maybe I'll try to impress him. And so, you know, just just when he walked in, my face lit up. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this, this is my son, you know, and I, I've missed a lot of poker tournaments for my wife and kids, and so they've been number one to me, and, and they've just been a great sense of peace and culture. You know, I actually I'm have heard, I've heard about Phil Hillemuth, you know, of, of all the criticism that's been given to him. One thing I've heard is that he is a good family man, and that I, I've not heard anything bad about him in this category, that he's uh, he actually is dedicated to his family. This is the rumor going around about Phil Hillemuth, so... I actually believe what he had to say here. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Someone actually asked me to find out how you got this special favor to have your under-21 son in the audience, and then now you just killed that whole question because he's 21. There was no favoritism at all, it turned out. So, uh, but that's, it's great he could be there for the uh, to see you 
win your bracelet number 12. And uh, so you're actually going to go down and, and, and play now in about an hour. And uh, I guess I have to ask you this. Why do you register late? You're, you're notorious for doing this. What is the point? Is it just like your trademark, or is there a strategy reason for doing so? It's always been about rest. Simply about rest. It's always been about rest. So I just want to, you know, give us the maximum amount of sleep and rest that I can get. And then, you know, in the past, the first four levels didn't matter very much. Now they matter. Now now the structures are much, 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 much better. I love what they've done. For the first four levels, you play the same limit, and it's a meaningful limit. But still, for me, it's just it's always been about rest. Now I came into the set eight or better an hour or two earlier than usual just because I was lying around and I knew I couldn't sleep. But, you know, late regging for me is just, you know, if I late register, I only have to play four hours to make the end of day two. Right. You know? Right. Day one, I mean. And so, and if I go on a rush, I could be chip leader. I mean, just like what happened in the Raz. You know, so, you know. We uh, we have an interactive chat that goes on while we do this radio show and, and broadcast all over the United States. And a couple of our listeners have some questions. And I, you know, a lot of them is actually interesting. One, I just want to ask you real fast. Does your son play poker at all? Does he have any interest in the game? My son is playing right now in a tournament somewhere in Vegas. And, um, <laughs> wow. I think it's the first tournament ever. And um, he's been 21 since September, and it's his first tournament ever. He played his first cash game in Vegas last night. He won 475 in a 2-5 game. But I've never trained him, and I don't think that he, he doesn't. I'd be surprised if he knew what he was doing because he's never really been trained. But I just hired a coach to coach him tonight. Actually, Rick Fuller. I hired Rick Fuller. Oh, Rick Fuller, Fuller. interesting. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I know Rick Fuller. So you Three and your son, coaching. you and your son haven't sat down and played heads up at home, just uh, kind of try to gauge his skill level. Well, actually, we have a family championship that usually has about fourteen of us, you know, all my brothers and sisters, at Christmas, and he. And two years in a row, it came down to me and and Philip and my wife. And my wife won one of them, and my son Philip won one of them. And I still haven't won the family championship. But I think I've had some second, bunch of seconds and thirds in there. But well, that, that's one bracelet you haven't won. So yeah, that one I don't mind. That, that's that the one you don't, don't have on your back yet. So, but it's hard to believe that you would hardest, hire somebody else to hardest. train him when but you're Phil Helmuth. That is true. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that, that, is, that is kind of disappointing if Phil Helmuth is your dad and then Rick Fuller's training him. <laughs> <laughs> now, the well, fact... I mean, yeah. You know, right now, right now, even even when I was, you know, in the, you know, I mean, I'm a family guy, but right now, I mean, you know, like at the breaks and dinner breaks and all that, I barely said a word to my wife and son. And they understand because I need all my energy. I can't really be talking. I need all my energy. So I just had my headphones on and put my arms around them and walked with them and yeah. didn't talk very much. And so right now it's all about business. And, you know, if uh, if we're talking about the middle of August, I can spend a day or two training my son, sure. So, you know. so will we be looking for your son in any World Series events this summer? I mean, I think he's going to fly home tomorrow, and uh, I think that he'll fly back. Um, I think he'll fly back if I make another final table, which I, I seem this, I think is very likely. And you know, I want to have him there for number thirteen now. That's awesome. So I, I, I haven't. I, I checked a few times on the World Series list uh, for this, the one drop, that obviously the million dollar tournament. And I, I don't recall seeing your name. Do you have any plans on playing that in that event? 
I figured there was about a 50% chance, and then I thought it went up to 80 when I had people, uh, you know, people unsolicited offer me like 500000 to play in it. And now that I've won a bracelet, I've had a bunch of deep runs, and I'm seeing everything so clearly, I feel like I'm a pretty big favorite to be in it. It would be kind of a travesty if I didn't play when I'm having one of my best years ever, you know? But at the same time, um, you know, I might not play. It's yeah. really possible. Now that you've obviously won a bracelet, does this in any way change uh, your schedule for the rest of the series? you still plan on playing the same number of events that you would have uh, if last night hadn't occurred, I, I don't. I don't plan. I don't plan that stuff out at all. I just okay. show up and I play. I never play two tournaments at once. Ever. I never play three tournaments at once. I'm not like the other guys. I don't bind everything. I focus. Even if I come into a short stack into day two or day three, and even if I'm getting near the, the registration cut line or whatever, I won't sign up just in case. I'll use all, all my right. energy on the short stack. Okay. And if I bust out just after the reg is closed, well, fine. Then I have the day off. And, uh, and so I'm not like that. I'm very like so. I just play whatever event happens to come up whenever I can. Um, you know, I skipped <laughs> to no limit today, and I skipped the, the pot limit hold'em because I was completely exhausted after finishing 15th in the uh, in the stud eight or better. I skipped the, the pot limit hold'em, which a lot of people were surprised at, and played the Raz, and I ended up playing the bracelet. Do you, do you enjoy Raz? Do you enjoy Raz? I mean, I've played it a lot. In I mean, obviously you're you're skilled enough that you want it. But did you find at any point, you know, especially when you're playing, like, what am I doing? Because for me, at least, Raz gets so tedious after hours, and it's just I think, in my opinion, at least, the most unenjoyable form of poker. I mean, do you enjoy actually playing the game itself? Well, I used to play a lot of Raz, and it's a there's a tremendous amount of skill in the game. It's funny that. For some reason, people don't recognize it. I mean, you you know, I mean, you have to... I mean, I made bets yesterday. I mean, I remember I made aces, deuces, and eights, and I just fired right out on the river. I mean, I made like, you know, 50 bluffs, 100 bluffs, and my board was so strong they couldn't call me. And so, you know, you're winning all these all these pots because you're not showing hesitation. I made great calls against Barry Greenstein and others. I called people down with nines, eights, tens, just snap called off for big portions of my chips because I felt like the card paired them. You know? Yeah. I won all those. Occasionally, they would actually suck out on the river. You know? Scott Clemens tried to bluff me two big pots. The one time he got there on the river, I knew he paired. The next time I knew he paired, he didn't get there. I got all the chips back. Uh, but I didn't hesitate to make these big calls just going with my gut instincts. And so, I really had an enjoyable time playing it. I mean, obviously, I won the tournament. But you know, I think for the for the average amateur, RAS can be a bit torturous. Right, and and I think there's actually a big pot, if I'm not mistaken, that involved you and Brandon Cantu, where you either called called, I believe, with a ten, and you had a, be, a way better ten than him, or so, something along those lines. Do you, do you recall that? I mean, there are a lot of hands, obviously, that were reported. This was earlier, I think, when you guys well, were still. I made, yeah, I made a mistake against Brandon I, because he's so great at reading people. I. I I was on one of those boards where I just opened in the dark, and he called with a uh, and he called with the seven up. Oh, and you know what? He had a ten, and I had a five. So now mm -hmm. I'm on deuce five, and he's on ten seven. So I bet it. I still hadn't looked. Then I caught another seven. Then I caught a nine. So my board was deuce five seven nine. So I bet every street, and I made the mistake of looking uh, before the river. In fact, it wasn't a mistake. I probably shouldn't have looked because um, it was obvious then he had a ten. Seven. He had to have a seven draw, and um, the best he could have, he had ten, seven, six showing. So he could have been drawing dead, actually, 
And then I made the mistake of looking, and I saw a pair of fives and a ten. So he had the best hand going into the river, and I looked at the river, and I bet again, and he had to give me credit, and then I opened my mouth and said something, and then he called. Was but if I don't say a word, there's no way he can call with right. a 10 there, because all I need is one good card in the hole. Of course. So that's an example of, of a mistake I made where I opened my mouth. I also played a hand horribly bad against Barry Greenstein at the final table, and just that's, that's where I said, all right, what the hell are you doing? And, and uh, you know, and then just, you know, it didn't, fortunately I had a lot of chips, but I said, all right, no more of this. So, so even even Phil Helmuth has his human moments at the uh, World Series and and decides that he's going to improve his play. So, have you decided yet what you're going to do for your main event entry? Every year it seems to get more outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking about coming in as Superman, but anyways, I got to get going okay, here. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Uh, well, thanks a lot for appearing on the show. So. We really appreciate it. Listen, it's a historical moment. Yeah. We appreciate you being on. Uh, Poker Fraud Alert, and at the end of the summer, we'd like to have you on again or on Vegas Poker Radio. Just to recap the summer, good luck, and thank you again uh, on behalf of all three of us for taking the time to talk with us, okay? Congratulations, and we enjoyed talking to you. Godspeed, my sweet prince. Okay. And we're off the air now with Phil Hamith. That was Well, that was a surprise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... You just kind of threw that right in. I mean, you know, that's kind of historic. I mean, you, I, even though it's so random with him, because I remember, Jeff, we, we've... <laughs> how many times did you say we've called him over the years? A lot, yeah. I, I think we have like a 10% chance of getting through. I mean, he's only answered twice. So, I mean, or, yeah. or maybe three times over a course of three or four years. Well, I, we, you know what? That's not quite accurate. We've gotten two real interviews. This is the second one now. Uh... The other ones, he'd answer and say, oh, i got to go, I'm in a hand, or I, I can't talk right now. Like, kind of what you'd expect, or just like a random call here. But we got a long interview out of him here. Yeah, yeah that was and, awesome. And not only that, he's supposed to be playing an event. He's, like, just, like, sitting home. <laughs> but, I mean, really, that's pretty historic. I mean, he just, I mean, first yeah. non-hold-em brace of the day, you know, after. That's a, you know, that's kind of, you know, it's like we always say, when, when just... These shows sometimes could just turn from massive fail to sound cards not working, vowels is tight. All we heard from vowels the first 30 minutes was our <laughs> keyboard typing. Now, all of a sudden, we have a really deep, great interview with uh, Phil Helmuth. And I actually heard uh, right now the, uh, the uh, snake in the grass over at Quad Jacks is actually going to conniption fit after we just heard this. <laughs> that's, what, that's what the word on the street is. Well, that's no, a snake no, in the grass. Happen, the uh, snake uh, in the grass has broken three mouses, a laptop, and two screens <laughs> in the last 20 minutes after hearing this. So, fuck you, snake in the grass. A certain oh, tilt monkey who does a, uh, a blog talk radio fail show was bragging last week that he scooped Carter Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> you say, well, we just had Philip Helmuthon. And again, to uh, that little tilt monkey that uh, is now pissed off that we just had Phil Helmuth, all I can say is... And again, for those that don't know, that was uh, a segment that Quad Jacks did in an interview last week with Seth Polanski, where they quickly, I mean, I guess in general it was a good interview, because it was, in, in terms of being very relevant to what was going on at the time, but uh, both Druff, myself, and Vowels made a point of just mentioning how they did it so fast they really didn't even take the time to, to edit it and to even watch and listen to it. And they just threw it up on YouTube, and then you just get a whole bunch of... I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. The amazing thing is, okay, so, so you record an interview, 
and then you throw it up on YouTube and you don't bother to spend the 10 minutes to watch that it's okay, fine. But a week later, when people are telling you, when it has like 15 out of 17 dislikes and two likes, and <laughs> everyone's making fun of it, it's like, don't you take it down at that point and correct it? I mean, yeah, it makes no sense. Somebody's not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm no. sorry, I apologize uh, to one step. I had, I just couldn't take the chance that he was going to blow that right off the bat for Yeah, you. that's true. I, I mean, if one, co- one, you know, one uh, racist comment or Tom Dwan and, and the helmet's gone, and I mean, that really was a monumental interview, in my opinion. Yeah, that it was because you know he, he he just won his historic 12th bracelet, and it was a non-holding bracelet, and, and you know, and this is the next day. That's why if you. I would have taken very long odds that he answers the phone tonight because uh, he must have been inundated with phone calls. And But I think actually the reason he answered the phone is because he's been inundated with phone calls. Right. Phil Helmuth, I've, he, he loves to give interviews and talk about himself, as you've seen. And he actually d- goes and does victory laps in poker rooms. Like he, he, when he went to Braces, he'll go to the Bellagio and aimlessly walk around so people will come up and congratulate him. This is really true. So I, I've seen him do it. So he saw an unknown call here and he's like, i got to answer it because it could be some kind of press entity and I, I want to talk of about course. myself again. So this is actually a good time to call him even though it seems like he'd be sick of it by now. Well, and even, But I'll give him credit. Once he realized it was just poker fraud alert calling him, he could have said, "Oh, I gotta go." He gave us a long interview and it was very detailed, so very good. And you know, I have to say, in all likelihood, I'm sure he has done a ton of mainstream media interviews today as well. Maybe USA Today, uh, the Review Journal, who knows? But I mean, I well, guarantee. Very kind of him yeah. to, to stay on with us. Absolutely. I'm sure he's never heard of us. Well, th- the funny thing is, uh, and I'll, I'll recount this story. The other time that we interviewed him, and it, it just was kind of a running joke, where I had his phone number, and uh, I used to call him on the on the previous show that Druff and I uh, worked on together, and he wouldn't answer, but he'd always have a variety of like hip hop music, and he changes, you know, on his answering machine. That's we'd get laughs, and he'd never answer. One time he finally answered, and he happened to be at the Fries. In Las Vegas uh, with his son. I wonder if this is a 21 year old. No, I, I don't think it is. But uh, and it just was funny. He said, "Oh, you know." About 30 minutes into the interview, he just said, "Oh no, I'm just sitting here at Fry's with my son." And uh, you know, he gave us a very good interview. And the, the funniest part about it was when we called him and said who we were, what you know, the name of our podcast. He immediately questioned what, how he, how we could prove that we were really that podcast and not imitating yeah. it which was very very funny yeah so he actually had heard of our show but the only concern was yes. not being on our show it was that someone might be calling and faking to be us so we, we had to prove we were the real host of that show yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean he, it, it's amazing you would think Phil Helmet doesn't know you know who, who a lot of people are but uh, you know as I said he even came up to me and it was important to him that I don't hate him for some reason like it's just it, it's hard to explain him in a lot of ways but uh, yeah. very good that we got an interview we're here with the Phil only Hummel other sure. the only other thing I wanted to ask him and I didn't get a chance to when I wasn't going to push it because it was very kind enough for him to spend a good 20-25 minutes on the phone was I wondered if he in some of the chat had mentioned this if he had any bracelet bets and you know for, for those that don't know just in general Phil Helmuth is very nitty with his money he's uh, I, mean, I guess as much as you can say anybody is he's probably someone and, I, and I'm not just speaking of um, you know, just the, the tournaments and everything else, but just in general, he's probably someone that I, I would say is probably never going to go broke. 
Um, just because even for the amount of money he's won over the years, he still in general doesn't play the highest uh, games out there. Uh, you know, whether he's a dog or a favorite, you know, he tweets commonly when the World Series isn't on about playing, you know, 10, 20 no limit, 25, 50. You know, he seems to even express frustration on Twitter when he'll lose eight, ten, you know, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars in a night. Um, and, and so I, I've always gotten the impression that uh, he's definitely someone at poker wise that will never, will never ever hear about him uh, going broke. And obviously, you know, he'd always be kept in action just because. I mean, look, besides now winning another bracelet last year, he had three second place finishes. Um, you know, he's, he's made a couple of uh, deep runs, I think, back to back in the main event last year and the year before. But uh, more so than I was curious to ask him, and maybe you guys have some insight in anything you may have read, if he had any bracelet bets going. Yeah, I, know, I, know. I know in the past, there's never really been much talk about it. And I don't know, maybe if he just keeps it under wraps, like guys like Ivy, in fact, I'm sure that's why. He stormed off yesterday. We'll, we'll talk about him winning or him not winning uh, a bracelet yesterday, finishing second to uh, Andy. I, I can't pronounce his last name. Andy Franken, whatever have you. But, Frankenberg. Yes, thank you. But uh, I, I was curious. I was curious about that, and I wanted him to, you know, comment if he would. But uh, and again, I guess in my opinion, I probably think he probably doesn't. You know, I remember watching him all those years in high stakes poker, and even taking insurance against hands. And he doesn't seem like that kind of guy that uh, is into the whole de- that degenerate prop bet scene. In fact, he really, for a poker player, I guess in my opinion, I would actually classify him in probably the non-degenerate. I mean, as far as that can go, set, you know, uh, population of poker players. Like he normally is not known for. Just uh, blowing money, just doing stupid things, prop bets, gambling. Even when I've read about sports bets he's made, like during the NFL season, they're like small bets compared to what he could afford. You know, $500 bets, $100, $200 bets. So, uh, but, you know, I, I just was curious if this, besides, you know, obviously the, the prestige of winning and also the money that came with it, if there's any other additional perks you might have got um, in terms of bets with anybody else. But who knows? You know, maybe we'll read something about it. Yeah. Well, uh, a great a, a, segment and a great surprise. That was. You, you never know what you're going to get with a show. So you, you should always listen from start to finish, just like Matt Glance does. You know, if, uh, I, I wonder if Matt Glance is listening right now at the final table of the uh, <laughs> of the 5,000 limit hold'em event, the final table I should be at, but I'm not. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, always listen to the show. You never know what's going to appear here, and uh, of course, you can always find the show on Stitcher on iTunes or through our own forum just uh, download the mp3 and you can you can listen on iPhones live or in the archives there's just a lot of ways to listen here uh, so anyway uh, that was an interesting segment getting back to our regular schedule now I'll uh, pull back up uh, I guess we're going to have to table our older or younger than Druff contest because nobody can call in for the contest <laughs> well, if somebody, again, wants, if it's someone that we know that feels comfortable uh, either messaging me or even if you have my number, uh, PMing me, Skyping me on my Brandon Gerson Skype, I can call you. Again, uh, the only way someone can call is by adding uh, this Skype. I'd rather just not do that. But uh, also, you know, most likely, uh, you know, and I'm glad we had Phil on because I know that this is, this is not in all likelihood going to be a long show this evening, guys. As we mentioned earlier, Druff and I are both going to be playing 
tomorrow at noon. I know you know Druff has been on an emotional roller coaster just in general, playing for two straight days and then dealing with bubbling. Um, so I don't think this is going to be one of our epically long shows this evening, uh, but uh, we still have some stuff to get to. Um, anyhow, vowels, you, you know, we, it's really hard. We have so much going on. We have the sexy co-host, and, and I still feel, even after three weeks, that we don't utilize you enough. We need, to, we need to start incorporating you more. What's been going on with you this week? Anything, uh, just not, you know, obviously not poker-wise, just life-wise, work-wise, just what, what, anything good? How's George Clooney? How's your pussy in general? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy that you asked about my pussy. I, just, I yeah. was actually going to share something about that. Mm, please uh, George, George Clooney has figured out how to aid the dogs in getting more food. If he, he can jump up on the table and up on the counters, and of course the dogs can't. So he'll go up there and he'll bat the food down off the counter onto the floor so the dogs can eat it. They've got a whole little thing going now. And so I've got to be very careful about where I put the food and, and how, how what I leave out. Um, I think my dogs have gained a few pounds <laughs> since George Clooney moved in. So I'm going to have to watch that. They're getting a little chubby. Hmm. So, yeah, not exactly the pussy story you were probably hoping for. <laughs> so, yeah, you were saying earlier about uh, talking about fetishes or something. Uh, it, uh, what, what would you like to say about that? And, and, oh, and real fast, guys, I need to just get some water real fast. I, I have no way to – actually, I'm using a different headset, too, okay. that connects to this. Also. I didn't want to be rude, but I am going to be gone for about five minutes. Okay. So, thank okay. you. Carry on. Please. You know, it's interesting that the Templar had uh, PM'd me or uh, at least private messaged me on um, Skype. And he mentioned that he thought the show sounded better tonight than it has before. So I don't know <laughs> why that would be. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I uh, guess it's, uh, you know, it's very possible that the sound card I have was already on its way out and the sound mm-hmm. quality wasn't very good. But wh- whatever it is, that sound card is, is going in the same place as Jeff Shulman's bracelet. Garbage. So uh, I will get a new one. And I'm, I'm going to buy, I'm going to pull out the Jew wallet and actually buy a <laughs> quality sound card here. What does a so, good quality sound card go for right now? What I don't know. I'm going to have to look this up, and I will buy this, and uh, we'll have it next week, and I, I really hope it will solve our problems. But, uh, you know, and I thank Lon Cigar for the sound card he sent me. I made good use of it for a few years, but, uh, you know, I, it, it just has crapped out, unfortunately crapped out the moment before radio. So, so anyway, w- w- the whole fetish thing you wanted to talk about, what, uh, what would you like well, to say about that? I mean, what brought this up was that uh, I was talking about this with, with some friends of mine, and they were saying, you know, I just don't understand why some guys get turned on by a woman's foot. I mean, are you into that, Jeff? Does it, I mean, you get, like, a little excited when a woman takes off her shoes? Well, I, I wouldn't go that far, but, no, I, I can actually understand uh, where guys uh, like women's feet. I think really? Kind of, yeah, I think it's kind of like an extension of, of the way their leg looks, and it's, it's just... Uh, I think it's because it has, like, curves to them, and I think it just, uh, I can't tell you exactly where it all comes from, and, uh, you know, I, I'm no David Williams. But, uh, <laughs> I had a feeling that was going to come up. Yeah, but, uh, uh, but, you know, apparently this is a very popular fetish, and uh, but I, this is one I can actually understand. Like, there's one that I can't understand at all, like, like people who like uh, being shit on. Like, that, that's just disgusting yeah. to me. Like, yeah, I, 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 I don't never that. understand... I mean that's actually so disgusting that I don't even like to think about it. But yeah, no, I don't either. And and, uh, and people like to be peed on. And I mean, I mean, some people just might have the most. Uh, they might actually even get into things like blood and 
you know, violence and other sorts of things. But this article that I was reading proposes a theory as to why people develop these kind of sexual fetishes. And it kind of sounded legit to me, but, you know, you guys can uh, tell me what you think. Um, What the theory proposes is that you've got sort of a window of time when you're developing as a child, when your sexual, um, the part of your brain that controls uh, your sexual interests, starts to develop and kick in. And the theory proposes that whatever you're exposed to in your environment during that little window of time becomes what turns you on later. What what, what age range is this? It would be different for boys and girls and for different children depending on how quickly Mm -hmm. they mature. But the theory is that it would happen pre-adolescence. Um, and then when adolescence does kick in, whatever imagery you were exposed to or perhaps whatever person was around uh, becomes the object of your desire. So if you were exposed to a woman's feet uh, during this window, then suddenly when you're <laughs> starting to experience your first uh, hard-ons and all of those sort of things, uh, a woman's foot becomes that object of your desire. Now, obviously, it's just a theory, but it sounded like it, it had some validity to me. So I started to wonder, well, when, back when I was a kid, what was I exposed to? And I guess in my environment, what, what I had around was my older brother. And then I thought about it, and I realized, well, my older brother is a thin guy with dark hair, and that turned out to be the sort of man that I was attracted to later on. So maybe there's some truth to this. What do you think? Well, um, I think these are two different things though, between fetishes and being uh, who you're attracted to. Uh, I, I agree that if you're modeled, if there's some model that you're seeing as a child of, of what's supposed to be like a man, and then you know you get older, then that could end up being what you're attracted to. Like you, you're subconsciously convinced at a young age that uh, that's what an attractive man is supposed to look like even if it's just your brother but that's like what you have the exposure to and then that's what you end up being into without even realizing that's where it came from and I've heard about that with girls that a lot of times they'll uh, be attracted to men that have some similarities either looks or personality to their fathers even if they right. don't like their fathers right uh, well, I mean that was not, not not a new idea right Freud ha- Freud was on that many years yeah, ago right right And uh, but as far as the sexual fetish thing I, you know what you were saying sounded interesting until the very end the very end was the only part I had the real problem with was that um, like that you would only be getting the foot fetish if you were exposed to like your mother's feet <laughs> like I don't think very many people really get exposed to their mom's feet that much. Like or at least where it would bring up. To, that's where yeah, I have a problem. Maybe it was I, the babysitter's feet. I, I, I don't. I know. mean, like I, I can believe that there's something in early childhood or even middle childhood <laughs> that then dic- that dictates what your fetish is, even if it's something weird that doesn't directly have to do with it. Uh, I could totally see that being the truth, but. Uh, and I also well, I mean, wonder you could take it a little farther and and you could try to make a case for why some people end up with homosexual urges because perhaps during that window they were around the stimuli in their environment was someone of the same gender but you know I I, I, I don't know how far you would want to take it Look, right, then, then there's, there's the other probably question. no way to prove it or disprove it but it's nice to think right and then there's the other question of uh, 
how much of this is hereditary, these fetishes? Are you, are you actually inheriting your fetishes from one or both of your parents? And uh, I wonder if they've studied that, if like sons have the same fetishes as their fathers, even if they grew up in different environments, and even if the son had no clue what his father's fetishes are. Uh, if I think they would have to do twin studies to determine that, but I haven't read anything about twin studies and fetishes. <laughs> there have to be twins that are separated, though, because... You know, right, exactly, are, yeah. exactly. That's how yeah. they do the... Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it would have to be something like that. Or even just a father and son you know, with, who grew up in different type of environments uh, where, where they don't know what each other's fetishes are, which is, I would assume, usually the case. Uh, but there is a lot you inherit from your parents. Uh, a lot of times you don't realize it, but a lot of who you are, a lot of how you think, a lot of what pisses you off or makes you happy came from your parents, even if you think you're very different than them you'll find out that there are a lot of similarities that, that uh, occurred. Once in a while, you know, you are just completely different from your parents and you, you think you might be adopted. But usually, a, a lot of your traits can be traced back to your parents in some way. And, and you know, that brings up homosexuality. You know, I, I actually believe that, that for the most part, uh, this is something you're born with. And uh, this is something that just uh, um, is inevitable for most people who are homosexual, I think, Inevitable from birth that that's the way they're going to be. And what's interesting is I actually uh, when I called BBSs back in the in the 80s and early 90s, there was a guy who was gay, but for a very brief time he forced himself to be straight and had How'd a wife. That work out? <laughs> well, yeah, had a wife and had a kid, and then of course left her for a man, and that was that. Well, right. I, I guess he le he led like a separate life from his kid. He really wasn't in his kid's life or anything, but. His kid, who was like 20 years old at the time I knew this guy, also turned out to be gay. And I, I don't think that's a coincidence. But I don't think that that's the norm. I actually, from what I've read, and I do agree with you that a lot of it is heritable. But from what I've read, a lot of kids who were raised by gay parents don't turn out to be gay. So it's, it's hard to say, and they haven't isolated any kind of genetic marker for homosexuality at this point, but I'm sure a lot of people would like them to because that would stop quite a bit of the uh, prejudice that we see out there for gay people. Well, I, I don't know about that because, you know, there's, a, there's still plenty of racism and you, you, you're not choosing your race for sure. That's so, true. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think there will always be... Uh, but we do let that. black people get married. So maybe, <laughs> maybe if we could isolate a genetic marker for homosexuality, they could at least get married. So, so, so okay. So it's Sonatine in our chat room. I'm reading our chat. He does not like this conversation. You know, this, oh. this is a, we're passing the time I, where Brandon is getting a drink I'm of water. I'm sorry. You're just killing some time. I, I'm back, Brandon, guys. to rub my breasts on the mic instead of mm. talking about... I, I'm just curious, though, Brandon. Why did it take five minutes to get water? Um, okay, I went and I got water, and while I was getting some water, I looked down at my phone, and uh, my new little lady had sent me a text, and it was in regards to uh, making plans. She's actually coming tomorrow. She's never been inside the Rio during the World Series, and she wanted to find out when I was going to be off with radio, what the plan was, if I was going to... I mean, if you really want to know, I'm telling you. If uh, I was going to spend the night at her house, or if she was going to spend the night at my house, and she was excited that she's going to get to actually watch me play and just come down there and see the whole spectacle of what the World Series is tomorrow. And uh, I tried to get her off the phone, and but you know how, you know how those things go. You know. Well, so I, so um, am I going to get to meet her tomorrow? In fact, yes, you will. I, you're going to wow. be the first. Uh, funny enough, I, actually, one other person, poker-wise, I've, you know, I've been kind of keeping it down low in terms of 
being spotted. Not that there's any, I mean, she's gorgeous. I, I'm really just very, very happy. But uh, I, I guess we've been just keeping things kind of low profile. We haven't, you know, I'm not playing poker uh, that much because I've been spending a lot of time with her. But I did go to the Palms the other day, and uh, I saw Bobby Griffin, the uh, poker room uh, super, uh, I guess he's a ship supervisor there, and he knew right away from radio uh, who she was and uh she was a little caught off guard because she you know she's not she does nothing isn't in the poke or any of this and you know he immediately knew her name and knew stuff about her and she felt kind of embarrassed but but i also want to say uh, that bobby did mention that uh, he has listened to all of our shows and he has enjoyed them very very much and uh for those again that don't know who i'm talking about his name is bobby griffin he is the uh shift manager uh at the uh, Palms Poker Room, which is now actually run by Cantor. They have a new poker room. And uh, anyone that's ever down there, let, let them know that uh, you're a friend of mine or Druffs or even Vowels. And I know he'll do his best to take care of you. He's a great guy, friendly guy. And, uh, again, he's someone that's listened to our show. And uh, the Palms just in general, and mainly because of him, has always been very kind and good to us in, in terms of, uh, you know, setting up games, meetups, just anything they could ever do. In fact, one of the funniest things that uh, ever occurred, at least uh, in my opinion, was on Black on the infamous Black Friday. Uh, for those that are new and don't remember, uh, we started. Jeff, myself, uh, and another person started. We were the first actual podcast on the air once everyone kind of realized what was going on in terms of uh, the Department of Justice shutting down. Uh, you know. Poker Stars and obviously Full Tilt, and we were on the air, I, I want to say around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, went on a good 6 or 7 hours, and we wanted to keep going, uh, but as a lot of you know, that uh, at that point, that wasn't an option, it wasn't our choice, and uh, during that time, while we were on the air, we were actually going to crank call the Palms, because the Palms made a, a tweet, the Palms Poker tweeted that any online poker players that were out of a job could come to the Palms and get, I believe it was like a, a room rate that week for like $29. Or, I mean, it was a ridiculously low rate, uh, you know, because the Palms is, although it's off the strip, it's still a, a rather hip, cool place to go. It, it's a very young scene. Um, you know, often, especially on the weekends, it's, it's not uncommon to see celebrities there. And, you know, so it's a very, very nice, uh, lovely facility, as we would say. So we were getting ready to prank call them, but before we could... They tweeted at, at us saying, Palms Poker Room, you know, just sitting back waiting for Druff, Brandon Gerson to crank call us. And we just thought that was funny because we had no idea they were listening. Um, do you remember that, Druff? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then Colonel Fabersham called and said, yes. yeah, we've been waiting for your call. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. But, I think uh, yeah, it was funny that the Palms was actually waiting for a call from Colonel Fabersham. Yes. But anyhow, besides Bobby, no one uh, in terms of poker has met uh, my little princess yet. So tomorrow, Druff, uh, you will be the first one to meet her. This is exciting. I have uh, two things to look forward to, the shoot, Limit Shootout and meeting Brandon's little princess. And uh, <laughs> By the way, I, I forgot to mention one other thing about my event. Would you believe that during the dinner break, I called up and had a conversation with a family member. Now, I, I know that's not particularly surprising, but guess who the family member was that I actually had a real conversation with? Uh, I, I, I can't even fathom a guess. I don't know. That fa family member would be Benjamin Wittellis. <laughs> I called my my 19-month-old son, 
and you know, his mother and answered the phone, talking. of course. But but uh, but she put him on speaker, and I actually had a real conversation with him, and uh, uh, it, it was pretty amazing. And it, it had you know it made me miss him even more. That, what do you, you mean know, a real conversation? Well, like I, like 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 I, I asked him. Uh, I, I said, uh, Benjamin, uh, how about doing some counting? And he, he says, one, two, three, four, five. And you know, he, he counted for me. I said, Benjamin, uh, uh, can you tell me about the light? And he said, the light is on. And wow. uh, so he was, uh, yeah, he actually. And Benjamin, this kid's how old now? He's 19 months old. He's, he's got amazing language wow. skills. I, I think he's going to want to do an internet radio show eventually, too. He's, <laughs> I mean, he's, when, when we took him to the 18 month appointment with the doctor, she couldn't believe how much he was talking, how he was talking in sentences, and uh, just an uh, amazingly smart boy. And uh, but it, you know, it it, it kind of made me sad in a way, though. Like you know, to call up and uh, and talk to my 19-month-old son. Actually, you know, he's we're talking back and forth there, and uh, and then you know, I'm away from him. But uh, would have been it would have been uh, a little bit less sad had I cashed. Maybe I would have gotten over it a little bit better. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, would it be taking advantage to sometime bring him on the show and let him have a little conversation with you? With we, you know, we, we can put him on the show. He was on the show yeah. as a one day old. When he was one day old, he was on <laughs> on a, a previous show we did. But uh, yeah, we, sure, we can call up. Uh, Druff is so uh, devoted to radio. Didn't uh, as memory serves, <laughs> didn't you actually do radio from the actual hospital while your son was like hours after your son was yes. born? Yes. No. And yes. I was at, I was in the uh, hospital room, and, you know, his mom was sleeping and recovering for a lot of the time, but uh, I actually did part of radio that night, like, for about an hour, from the hotel room, not the hotel, from the hospital room, with, with and, and Benjamin cried a little bit in the background. He was one day old. But then he, he started his poker commentary. <laughs> all good. I, I was wondering if he was the youngest person ever to appear on an internet podcast, being one day old. I would think one day is—it's hard to beat that. But uh, you know that I still remember that night. I had to hang up because we—you know—we had to go dealing with Benjamin. I had to hang up before a good segment started. It was going to be uh, um, Jenny Anderson and some some trashy girl from like Riverside that she was in some feud with. And they were like arguing back and forth. Someone just asked me in the chat, "Am I going to get my son into poker?" Well, the sad thing with, with me being as old as I am is that I will not be able to play a World Series with Benjamin until I'm sixty. Mm. That'll be pretty pretty brutal here. You, well, sixty is the new forty-five, so yeah, it'll so be, it, it'll be fine. So that that'll be the first time he can play poker legally. Uh, but am I going to get him into it? I, I don't want him to, you know, go out thinking he's going to be a professional poker player. I, even if poker stays what it is, and even if it's, you know, if it's a viable way to make a living, I, I, I really don't want him doing that. I, I want him to have something else in his life. I want him to, you know, go to college and, you know, have something else if poker doesn't work out. I don't want him to aspire to be a professional poker player, and that, that, you know that might be hard with him watching me as, as he gets older. But uh, you know that's yeah. my hope for him. So no, I'm not. I'm not going to try to go out of my way to teach him. But yeah, it would be kind of cool to uh, you know play in an event, and I can see how Phil Hemsworth feels. In fact, I'm surprised that I'm surprised Phil, with all the money he has, hasn't like put his son into some event, even just like a thousand dollar no limit or whatever. Just you know, 
I'm Phil Helmuth. My son's 21. Finally, I'm going to spend a thousand bucks and put him in an event. I'm sure they cover him. What surprises me is when he made that comment. This is his son's first live tournament. Um, I mean, even though obviously he's 21, you would have. Well, I don't know. I don't, did he say live tournament or tournament in general? I, I don't remember. So I would have thought he would have played online or, or even out of the country somewhere with his dad. Where, you know, for those that don't know, like besides obviously U.S., most places you, you can you know, like the uh, Bahamas and uh, other places you can play at 18. That's the the common age. Um, I think he did say live tournament. Okay, so maybe he had played online before. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was thinking when he was saying that, I mean, that's, that's like, I was trying to think of an analogy in terms of, like, having to live up to a famous father's expectations, or, or, or not expectations, but a famous father's legendary status, like in sports where, like, say, like, I don't remember what college, but I know Joe Montana has a son that... Uh, well, I, I can give you one that's right on the top of my head, in fact, I've been talking about recently, and that is Tony Gwynn's son, Tony Gwynn Jr., plays for the Dodgers. Yes. And, you know, he's okay. He, and, you know, he's uh, a UNLV alumni. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes, he but, went to UNLV. Uh, but, you know, Tony Gwynn Jr., that he's good enough to be kind of a, a reserve, sometimes starter if someone's injured sort of player, but he's never going to be great like his dad. And I, I wonder, you know, if that bothers him, that people are always going to compare him to his, his dad, who was just the spectacular contact hitter. And uh, you know Tony Gwynn Jr. is kind of a uh, just a kind of a mediocre player, which you know to be a mediocre major league baseball player still takes a lot of skill, but yeah. but still nothing like his father. Sandwich but, made a good point in the chat that Prince Fielder is a pretty good example of someone at least that is living up to and, and obviously probably even exceeding his father's legendary status. You know Cecil back in uh, I guess it was like the yeah. early '90s was just an amazing amazing power hitter for uh, the Detroit Tigers for many years. But, uh, I, you know, I guess the best example I could think of is someone like Michael Jordan, who has two sons, and I, I know one of them uh, had a scholarship at one time to Illinois, and the other was in Central Florida. I know one of them, I think, dropped out. I can't remember which one, but that's like a situation almost where, where you know, I know it, we're talking about two different things here, where you, you're just never, ever going to come close to living up to that name. And in fact, I guess in just in sports in general, probably the only name, I guess, that comes to mind um, in, in terms of e- even you know surpassing a legend is what both Peyton and uh, Eli Manning have done because Archie Manning was was a legend in himself and they both or you know I, I guess you could argue if Eli surpassed you know Archie just as a as a body as a work you know just a whole entire body of work in terms of stats and whatnot but he's won two Super Bowls and obviously Peyton is far. Uh, you know, surpassed his father in terms of just, you know, every accomplishment there is. But uh, it's kind of weird just to think about, like, you know, having that, that name and playing Well, poker. you know, there's also the dilution factor where, and this is why I'm surprised there's even as many successful kids of athletes as there are, is that uh, you're only getting half the genes from your father. And, you know, yes, you can end up with the right ones that uh, that end up giving you the athletic ability, but uh, you know, but it is it diluted. genetic ability in poker, or is that just the passion I, I, well, to I do it and the and, and the time that you spend? I, I think there's some. I, I think that uh, like you have to have a sharp mind, and you have to be able to process that sort of information quickly. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's a you know you have. 
Todd Brunson and Doyle Brunson, where you know Todd Brunson is acknowledged to be a, a very good player, and then you have uh, you know you have the non-blood relation like Joe Seabock and, uh, and Barry Greenstein, so you can you can draw your own conclusions. But uh, do you think you know, you know talking about that real fast? I've always wondered this because even though everyone knows that Joe Seabock is Barry Greenstein's stepson, in the beginning, you know he it was more unless you knew. He just addressed him and called him his father. And I kind of always wondered if he purposely went out of his way to let people that didn't really know on the inside that, that you know, he was his stepfather, that he was his father by, you know, referring to him constantly as that, as a way to just get himself deeper into poker. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a good chance of it, yes. That, That's uh, what I always I mean, thought, I, that he used that to promote himself more than having, like, a close-knit relationship, and this guy, like, is really like my father and raised me, and, you know... But well, they, I think they kind of did in that... Uh, I don't know how much Joe Seabach's actual father was in his life, and I know I saw some early picture of uh, of Joe Seabach and Barry Greenstein, like, not super early, but I, I think Joe looked like he was about eight, and he was with Barry up on some... Uh, something at a park... But it shows that they were spending time together a lot. Of, you know, maybe they did kind of act as father and son, even though they weren't genetically related. But I do believe, at the same time, that that he milked that that he was, uh, and and specifically said father, because it it sounded better and would give him more credibility. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of the line of thinking I uh, thought too. But also, uh, I guess I'm not sure what, what you talked about uh, while I was away on the phone and getting water. I did hear some sexual innuendo going on, but did uh, we discuss obviously Helm or uh, Ivy yesterday at all? No, we had, we we got so caught up with a cold calling Phil Helmuth that we forgot about Ivy. Uh, Phil Ivy, who has uh, you know, he returned to the World Series. This is so weird. Last year he boycotted the World Series, and he was supposedly boycotting it until people got paid back from full tilt. Well, since everybody got paid back from full tilt, he what, wait a minute. No, nobody got paid back, and he's back this year. And you know, the whole boycott last year has just kind of <laughs> fallen off a cliff here. And there's you know no reason the, the boycott has stopped, but it has. So Phil Ivey's back, and uh, you know, for whatever reason, he he hasn't he's been pretty well received. Yeah, I like I was even listening last night because I was playing right next to where he and Helmuth were both playing in separate events at their final tables. I was playing uh, the day two of the 5K limit, and I was listening, whenever they said something about Ivy, I was listening to hear if there going to be boos. And there, there weren't. You know, people were cheering for Ivy, and in fact, they were really rooting for him to beat the guy who won, this uh, this Frankenberger character. And for, for some reason, there's a lot of hostility towards this Frankenberger guy. And did you ever figure out, Brandon, why I, uh, I didn't. people don't like him? I didn't. Maybe someone in the chat could even or either inform us or... or you know, post about it, but I noticed yesterday there were even poker news, and you know, poker news sometimes uh, you know drop in the comments. And no, no offense to my fellow co-hosts here, but Todd was actually called at one point by poker news unsavory. In That's fact, true. he was actually referred to the unsavory Todd would tell us, and and uh, poker news made some references yesterday to Andy being very unpopular in the poker world. And uh, then, I, you know, just looking on Twitter and other social media sites, a lot of people rooting against him, not because they were pro Phil Ivy. You know, of course, anytime Ivy is heads up with anybody, uh, you know, 95, I don't know, 97, 99, even percent of the crowd and general consensus of people will be, will be rooting on him, except for probably the people that have bracelet bets against him. But it, that, is, that wasn't what the reason was yesterday. Um, just the fact that people wanted Ivy to win. There was just some general 
disdain towards Andy, which I, you know, I, I, I stole, uh, I didn't do a lot of research today. I, I will admit, I was kind of hoping we weren't going to do radio tonight. I was hoping uh, Jeff <laughs> obviously would, would, would be there tomorrow, right. and I was going to go down there and maybe do like an hour, you know, somehow of something from, from the Rio. But uh, I did not have any time to research it, but there's definitely some uh, animosity from the poker community that I picked up on towards him. And uh, if anyone in the chat has any insight... Um, okay, John well, hold Seamus on. Yeah. posted a YouTube link okay. that he said... Uh, I mean, I'm not going to actually w watch it. If, if someone wants to watch it, John, or John, if you want to, and then let me know what it says, or if it's interesting enough, I guess I could play it. But uh, I found that very interesting, that uh, the, just the general consensus of tweets last night were anti-Andy, and, and it was not because they were pro-Phil either. Um, so that was that was something that was very interesting. What they're saying in the chat is that people just don't respect his play, but, I mean, is that really a reason to dislike someone? Oh, and they, someone's saying that he slow rolls in spots he shouldn't be, but I don't know. Okay, well, that's, and again, that's what, that's what I was questioning, whether just in terms of his ethics, behavior for something like that, if he was involved in a scandal... I, I just did not know. But, uh, again, from what I'm reading in the chat, for those that are not going to be listening live, uh, people are saying that they don't like Frankenberger because he's he played a, a hand bad and then went to 2 plus 2 and defended it. And uh, people think that he's on the heater and he's just a huge donk. Um, he won a bracelet last year. I'm not sure what what uh, game it was in. And, I, you know, and obviously he won one this year as well. Um, what do you think... Uh, uh, you know, it's kind of funny that Phil Ivey has set a bar so high that even a second-place finish, like last night, he literally they had, they had, and I guess this is how confident they are, you know, when he's in a tournament, especially heads up, uh, they already had Champagne, I assume to be Cristal, on ice right there waiting for him. Did you read about this at all, Druff? No, no. Yes, like literally out, I mean, at the Rio, you know, behind the main stage set up for him, and... Uh, you know, apparently from what I read, as soon as it was over, he stormed off. But, I mean, how high of standards is he set that he's finished? I mean, he took a year off from the World Series, just recently got back in a tournament poker, finishes second in, in, you know, in a very strong field, and immediately just storms off, you know, just obviously very pissed off and that, that he didn't win. You know, not even like Helmuth, who had three finishes last year, but still stuck around and talked to the media and just, uh, you know, still... I don't know, just took pride in finishing second, even though obviously, you know, he was for very, for many years now has been trying to get that non-hold'em bracelet, but, uh, and I guess I wonder also what the financial ramifications are, maybe that's why you know, more than anything, because who really knows with him, even now in the, the current state of his finances what kind of prop bets and, and side bets he has on these things because I have noticed he's playing two tournaments at once um, again, and, and just playing basically every tournament every day, which kind of would lead me to believe he probably does have some significant money on the line in terms of winning a bracelet this year. Mm. And as, actually, you know, I'm thinking now, I remember, did I, I think it was the main event, but I know that it was publicized in 2010 after he made uh, the, the final table in 2010 that he had a bet with Barry Greenstein that was publicized I think it was like a 10-year bet. He had 10 years. Right? I know there, I mean, it was a long period of time. It was more than like you know two or three years to make a final table again. And I, I don't remember main, main event final table. I don't remember what the exact numbers were. 
in the bet, but I know that there is that, but I, I'm just wondering, uh, and a lot of that hasn't been publicized this year. I guess a lot of these guys probably, more so in years past, especially the full tilt uh, you know, pros, are probably keeping all these side bets on the down low. Yeah, um, that wouldn't look very good. At uh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Like, even like Negreanu, who I know every year has bets, he's not talking about these prop bets. I think people just aren't doing it. You know, like I said, especially full tilt because of the money. Like, it would just obviously rub everybody the wrong way. And just, you know, even other pros, just in general, because people are so sensitive these days to, you know, just uh, the poker economy, to, you know, what happened still with Black Friday, with full tilt, uh, and UB as well. Yeah. So. You know, uh, I'll tell you something about uh, um, about people who are full tilt pros, former full tilt pros that have had uh, trouble that are in the World Series. I saw Eric Lindgren in my 5K limit event, and it's funny, you know, you'd never know from watching him that he's having all these problems. He seemed very chipper, he was talking to people, he was smiling, I mean, he, he does a good job of covering up uh, all of his problems. So uh, he wasn't at my table. Uh, let me read you something that was posted in our chat from Bukowski. I think this is from Wikipedia. Andy Frankenberger was born in New York City and grew up in Andover, Massachusetts. He studied Russian in high school and, sent, and spent a semester in Siberia. Not retard Siberia, but actually Siberia. <laughs> on an exchange program where he became fluent in Russian. He really seems to like Russia. Uh, Frankenberger earned a perfect 800 score in high school on his math SAT. Now that especially means something to me because on my math SAT in uh, 1988 I got every question right except for number one which is the easiest question. What was that? It was like four plus two times three. I'm not even kidding. It was something like that and it's multiple choice too and I got it wrong. So that was the one thing I got. So I got 790 on my math SAT. So I, I guess Andy Frankenberger beat me because he was able to do simple arithmetic and I wasn't. <laughs> Does that drive you crazy to this day that you missed the perfect score for that well, crazy, kind of, stupid question? Well, so I went to graduate school also, and I, yeah, I took the GRE, which at the time, I think they mm -hmm. changed it since then, but at the time was very similar to the SAT, except they add a third section on called the logic games, which, uh, which are kind of these logic-based questions. And it's also scored an 800. So the verbal part, I got some kind of not-so-great score in the verbal part. But on the math part, I got the same damn 790 again. I didn't miss number one, but I missed some other, like, early question there. And then, but then I did score the 800 on the logic game. So I finally got my elusive 800 on something. Hmm. So that's... Uh, I didn't mean to turn this to a SAT score bragging session. <laughs> By the way, I, I, I hate to bring up... Uh, old things we were once associated with. Yeah, but, I uh, just saw the announcement. But, but yeah, um, apparently uh, something's doing an upgrade right now, so that'll, that'll be interesting to see. Are they going to see 2.0? I don't think it's going to make a difference, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, think, uh, I, I, I will be interested to see it. That's all I have to say here. How many, so, year, uh, how many years in the making is this? It's, it's a lot of years, and uh, you know, it, it went through a lot of different revisions, and I was part of some of those that didn't work out, and... Uh, you know, won't go into the whole story, but I mean, it is interesting yeah. that of all things, like during, well, I don't think it's on purpose, but of all things during... Well, I mean, it would make sense to be the most opportune time since uh, all that traffic is here now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, that's, wow. that's going on at the moment, and right. uh, so, so, you know, uh, Brandon, uh, you know, tomorrow the 
you've mentioned before, we're yeah. playing the 1500 limit together, and uh, you know, I don't know how many people are familiar with the limit shootout, but uh, you know, I, I won't get into a whole the strategy discussion. But this, you actually well, were smart to invite this girl down to see this particular tournament mm-hmm. because this right, is and it's funny you said that because I said that to her on the phone as well. Now, at yeah. least I know I'll be there for a while. <laughs> well, no, it's not just that. It's, it's interesting to watch because, like, my parents wanted to come see me play poker. And they want, and they're like, when should we come? And I'm thinking, I don't want to just have them show up on day one of some event. Is they're just going to sit there watching me just play hand, 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 hand with no, like, real goal. Like, I guess the goal is to get chips, but, like, someone gets knocked out and immediately someone else comes to the table. Like, it, there's no... It doesn't seem like I'm really going anywhere, and it's, it's very boring to watch, especially when you can't see whole cards. So I suggested that the first event they come watch, this is back in 2006, was the Limit Hold'em Shootout, because this is like a final table, where someone gets eliminated, they don't get replaced, and the goal is to win the table. So they watched it, and they actually found it to be very interesting for that reason. So I think that uh, this girl will enjoy being able to see it this way because, you know, if you knock people out or people fall out and you stay, then she'll see it and it'll get very exciting if it goes down to you heads up with someone else. I hope you're not at my table, by the way. But Yeah, neither, neither do I. I, I, I was thinking about <laughs> but, that. Uh, well, uh, that was actually my up. next... Uh, have you registered yet? Yeah. Okay, I have, I have, I have not. I mean, I'm going to get down there, you know, obviously early. So I think for, if it's done the way it has been in the past, the likelihood now of, of me registering and being at your table... Uh, it's pretty slim since I'm, I'm going to be registering, like I said, tomorrow morning. But I did want to ask you a couple questions. Um, and again, for those that do not know, we've talked about this before. Dra- I, in 2011, uh, ended up, I'm sorry, 2010, ended up winning my table and uh, just fell very short in the second, my second table the next day of advancing and uh, making my first World Series of Poker final table. Druff last year, uh, Ended up winning his table and then fell short of making. Was it heads up even to the final table or three handed that you were knocked out? No, no, there was an old man there that just crushed everybody. So I, I, I came third, but it was like a distant third. Okay. But I did six years ago. I came one card away from making the final table at this shootout. So two out of the six years I've played it, I've cashed, and uh, one year I came really close to the, as close as you can to the final table, but what, didn't make it. What I wanted to ask you. Uh, in your opinion, and you know, I, I I already kind of know the style that I played, and I plan on playing tomorrow. Uh, but you know, for those that don't know, obviously, what a limit shootout is, it's just kind of what it applies, like in terms of no limit, but it's limit where one person advances um, from each table tomorrow. It's played down to one winner, and then, as in any other shootout, then day two tomorrow, uh, or day two the next day, if you win that table as well, then the third day you'll be at the final table. That's the way it's. It's worked the last few years. Um, yeah. Now, just in general, in these kind of tournaments where you know one person can advance, it's also a limit structure. Jeff, early on, what what is your strategy versus late, like later stages? Like early on, do you play more speculative hands um, and try to enter you know cheaply in the big pots where you could you know just uh, you know win a three or four way pot with with a hand somebody isn't going to put you on, or do you, do you play tight like? You wouldn't uh, limit uh, a full ring limit game. What strategy do you take early on when you're still like nine-handed? Well, yeah, early on when the blinds are low, uh, you can play hands pretty far and, and take a lot of draws and, and pretty much play it similar to what you do in cash games. 
Uh, as it goes further and the blinds go up, and of course your everybody's stacks compared to the blinds uh, get short. At that point, uh, you much less want to chase draws. You you don't want drawing hands because it just costs you too much to draw for them. Uh, you you uh, that that's when once it gets to your short stack, that's when big cards and pairs become a lot more valuable than they were earlier, and the and the, and the drawing type hands, the suited connector things like that, those aren't as valuable. So so you you play more hands earlier on, and especially the uh, the hands that need help to improve. And also, it's not a bad idea if people don't know you at the table, you can establish an image of someone who's wild by you know, doing a lot of isolating the people who limp. You're always going to have a few bad players at the limit shootout in the first day. Uh, you do a lot of isolating, things like that. And then later on, tighten up, and people won't realize, or a lot of them won't realize, that you have tightened up. And then when you do have real hands, we'll pay you off. Uh, and, and of course... You, you always just you try to take advantage of the bad players as much as possible at the beginning uh, you know as long as they're there because uh, you don't want someone else getting the chips and uh, and then you know you here you're actually looking to win the table so just kind of skating by with a decent stack while someone else is accumulating a huge stack is a disaster in the shootout because you then you'll have a big uphill battle heads up so you really want to just go after every single chip that you can on the table. That doesn't mean enter every single hand, but you want to go after you know every chip you can. And when you can isolate someone who's a, a bad limping passive player, you do it. Uh, as I say, you don't do that as much later on because uh, you know the, the blinds are bigger well, and you, you don't want to throw away your hand. You want that's just when you want to play better. So that, well, that's, let, that's, let that's me ask you this: in terms of uh, you know, we won't sit here and talk too much poker strategy, but in terms of the early stages, and again, like I said, I've played this enough that uh, there's going to be a lot of, for the most part, limping when the blinds are very low. What is your range of hands, especially in late position, that you'll limp with? Oh, I, I mean, I, I hardly, I don't limp very much at all. It's got to be something that really doesn't have any kind of... Uh, showdown value. But I mean, like a hand, for example, like say there's two or three limpers ahead of you and you're in late position and you have like 9 10, uh, nine, 10 suited. I mean, you're obviously, yeah, gonna, that, you're not going to raise that hand, no, obviously, no. with three limpers in front of you, and even with position, but you're not going to fold it. And I guess that's what I'm getting at. What is. Yeah, that's, that's, where I'll, that's where I'll do it. Uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of player dependent. It's. Uh, um, I haven't really thought about what my range is there. Uh, I. I'll actually, it's funny, because let's say I have queen seven offsuit. If someone limps in late position, now I've got queen seven offsuit on the button, uh, I'm going to isolate them. But if it's limp, 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 like four limps to me, and I've got queen seven offsuit on the button, I'm folding it. I'm not even calling. So that's like one of those razor fold type hands. Like the one thing, one important thing with the limping is if you if you are going to limp with a hand, it should be something with with a drawing type power. Absolutely. And if it, like queen seven offsuit is not a drawing type power, that's the type of hand where you're going to try to isolate someone and, and flop something, and and of course you're you're only trying to isolate people who are limping. Not you, you never three bet with a hand like that. So so th that's that's what I'm saying here is that uh, I, I don't I don't know exactly I, I can't define a range perfectly here, but basically if the hand has showdown value, uh, then I'm I'm going to want to be raising it to limpers. If it's a hand with uh, that's kind of a drawing type hand, then I, then, then I will limp. But, and if it's neither, then I'm just going to fold. So, uh, 
and of course, the shootout is very table draw dependent, very, very table draw dependent, because you're never moving. So sometimes you can be unfortunate and get a table full of limit hold'em all stars, and you just grumble and look at the table next next to you where everybody's limping and terrible, and be jealous. And, and sometimes you can get a great table, and and even sometimes you can get the the, the tough table and win, and you know, and then the the table next to you, which is uh, super easy, and there's a great player there and loses just because you don't get the cards. When I uh, when I you know when I played. When, when I won my table two years ago, the only player that I knew, uh, and I, still, I can't remember his name, but uh, I think he was on uh, the former site, and he was, you know, he's a, I can't even think of his star's name, but he was a limit hold'em uh, specialist, and you'll know who I'm talking about when I say his name, is uh, D, D or Del Calzone? Del Calzone? Or D Calzone. Or D Calzone, yeah. yeah. And uh, he was at my table. Um, but yeah, if, you know, you get a draw with Terrence Chan or, or even Schneids or somebody like that, it's it's... You know, it's pretty tough. Yeah, know? yeah. Like last year, I had to beat uh, Ray Hansen heads up, which wasn't easy. So, yes. but like, uh, like, like that's what, that's what you don't want. You don't you don't want the guys who win at the hundred two hundred limit game in commerce. Like that's that's not who you want at your table. Absolutely. But uh, you know, and I'm actually kind of wondering what uh, the field size is going to be. And also, you know, the second the, the last question, and again, I, I don't want to go too long with this. I want to ask you is, uh, do you in general? For an event like this, get there early when uh, it, it's usually going to be shorthanded at first. Um, you know, because a lot of people enter late or get there at twelve fifteen, twelve thirty, and especially with a, uh, an event like this where they try to even out the tables. I found every year that I've played this event, it usually starts out like four or five handed for a good like thirty minutes or so. I don't know if, if that's been your experience. But that's been my experience when I played yeah. this event yeah, as well. I found that too. Yeah, you're, you're playing this weird kind of shorthanded thing with a bunch of dead stacks, and I've just like just brutalized the dead stacks, just constantly raising and stealing blinds whenever it's the dead stacks on the blinds, and like I like I'm like raising with any two there sometimes, and de- depending on how willing people are to three bet. Now, fortunately, you can do things like this because there is not very much money involved at this point because the blinds are so low so you can you can take these little risks but it's, it's nice to, you know you can pick up a few extra chips this way and yes that's a very good point that this is a, a event you should show up on time for because you'll get that opportunity and you should always go for the de- dead stacks especially yes. if you have these straightforward players at your table that will just let you keep stealing them and that will only re-raise you if they, if they you know pick up their base queen so a- anyway uh, yeah I, th- I think we've Talked enough about this. Uh, hopefully, we'll be announcing next week that uh, you know, we're at a final table with Brandon and I together, and uh, you know, be a poker fraud alert final table. I don't think we have anybody else from the site playing this one. And, and uh, uh, by the way, did, did uh, someone was asking in the chat? Did, did vowels fall asleep, I on fell the asleep on the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know this wasn't really a, a subject uh, that uh, you were all that interested in, but uh, no, I'm, wait, glad, I'm glad you're not on the toilet. Yeah. I was playing with my pussy, actually. McFicon is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's, see, let's see what else we got here tonight. Uh, uh, it's, it's hard to top the, you know, getting Phil Helmuth on the show out of nowhere. Um, I, I, I don't know. We, we have, uh, we could make a one of two prank calls if we feel like it, or we could table it to next week. Uh, up to you, Brandon. It's, it's your show tonight. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm actually looking at uh, our agenda and see what else we can cover. We could do a prank call. Um, let me look up. Do you guys feel like it? or It's up to both of you. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, we're up for it. Okay. Why not? 
All right, let me uh, get the number. And again, as everyone that uh, knows, that's either listening live, all this stuff is always just kind of not the spur of the moment, so these things can always be uh, hit or miss. You never really know. Yeah. Um, yep. Other shows pre-record their prank calls, but we don't. We uh, <laughs> we do it live, and if it's a failure, then it's a failure. If it's not, if it's great, it's great. We never know. Okay, but uh, at least it has like a raw, like you're really hearing it as, as it occurs energy to it, which I, I think is a lot cooler. Like, wouldn't you rather hear it going on like right now live? Absolutely. E- even the people listening in the archives, at least they know they're listening to something that was going to go live whether it was good or not, ra- rather than something that's hand-picked and maybe even edited to sound good. So, All right, let me see if I'm getting the number right now. A lot of people want you to call Brad Booth. Well, I don't have his phone number. I think he changed <laughs> he, he gave me his number a while back, but I, I'm sure it's a different um. number yet. Brad Booth came. I don't know if we uh, were able to talk about this last week, or maybe it was right after we were on last week. We talked uh, about what we ended up doing. We talked about it, but then the next day there was a video. I, I don't think the video had been released. Just the yeah, that's what I was talking it. about. The video where yeah. it's basically a video where he's acting very emotional and saying that uh, he's guilty. Guilty as charged, but he came up with a weird repayment plan, which now makes me wonder if if that was part of the reason for the whole video. And that is, uh, he wanted people to stake him in the World Series, and of that, course. and then uh, part of whatever is staked there will go back toward paying old debts. And and he's saying, you know, oh, someone else can hold the money, and you know, and he's putting in all these safeguards. But of course, this is also a way for him to play at the World Series for free. Yeah. All right, let me uh, let's make this call and see where we go from here. Okay. You're calling. I'm gonna mute myself. Thank you for calling. Play it again, Sam. Um. Yes. Hello. This is Alvin Finkelstein. I'd like to um speak to one of the managers who is in charge right now. In regards to. Um, it, it was regarding a, a hiring issue. Uh, we, we, I have on the phone a, a girl with me here, and um, her, her, her name is, is Freckles, and uh, that, that's her uh-huh. stage name. And, uh, and, and Freckles, uh, she, she went to audition to work here, and there was an unfortunate incident, and uh, I, I really need to speak to one of the managers about uh, this whole matter. Hold on, please. So we're calling up a strip club, by the way. Play it against Sam's. Never been there. <laughs> Don't think I'll ever set foot in there, even with freckles dancing. Come on. You gotta come see me. <laughs> I made up that name on the spot, like right there. Just like <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what my name was gonna be. <laughs> I think I meant to say speckles and I said freckles. <laughs> I don't think speckles is much better, but What's with this holding? Like, what's the significance of that beep? Is that saying we're still on hold? Like Just yes. to let you know, yeah, you're still waiting for We're me. still connected. And we know that. Beep, beep, beep. Don't worry, Freckles. We'll, we'll get to the bottom of this. We'll be back up there shaking the... Yeah, Alvin Finkelstein is uh, one of the best attorneys in the business. Uh, this is Chris. How can I help you? Oh, yes. Yeah, so are you the manager of this establishment? 
I'm one of the managers, yes. All right, that's very good. Um, I, I don't know if you're the one who's who's involved in hiring, but my name is Alvin Finkelstein, and and I'm an attorney, and uh, I'm calling on behalf of a a girl who who came in to audition to be one of the dancers here. She she calls herself Freckles. I don't know if you were there or if you remember her, but that, she calls herself Freckles, and uh, she was uh, she feels that there was a case of of discrimination here, and um, it, it's not what you might think. It, it's not about it's not discrimination based upon race or age or, 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 or religion. Um, I don't know how to put this without sounding uh, crass, but uh, there's only one tell him. Okay, there's, there's only one way to describe this. Um, Freckles, unfortunately, had a little accident when she was younger. It involved a dog. And the dog bit her on one of her nipples. And uh, one of you know, her left nipple, unfortunately, resembles. Uh, it was I have not seen it myself, but it was described to me as as resembling a pepperoni. And I was told that despite oh, her, it's more like a small salami. Despite her having impeccable freckles, please be quiet. Uh, it, uh, despite the uh, impeccable dancing skills, and despite her having a, a body that, uh, yes, sir, you, you have a response. Yes. Yeah. What was that? So how 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 can I help you? Well, no. So we we feel there is some discrimination here because of of the breasts that look like the uh, the pepperoni or the small salami. That that uh, this is not giving equal opportunity to to people with this disfigured breasts. And we feel that uh, since she meets all the other qualifications, that uh, at the very least that she should be given a position here. Uh, unless I can be told another reason that she was not hired. We're we're very sure it is related to that pepperoni. Okay, well, we have the right to hire or fire anyone for any reason. But but are are you aware that that you know Freckles has one of the best bodies of of any woman I've ever seen? I mean, I'll be honest, I've never been with a woman who's who looks like that, and and she has a beautiful face, and and she's young, and she's an excellent uh, excellent dancer. Uh, just don't you understand that that just because of this one blemish that this is not a reason to to not well, hire someone? I'm the one that made the decision, so Can I, I speak can't to the person you out. Um, if you would like to seek legal action, uh, call the owners in the morning. Well, okay. can, can I can I have the name of the owner, please? Owner. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that went as long as we could. Yeah, he, he hung up. That's still. <laughs> you know, that's sometimes when we do these calls, even if we don't get a great response from the person, just the two of you, just seems freckles be quiet. Freckles be quiet. I'm sorry. I mean, it's funny. You know, I, I mean, I kind of figured that's how it would go. I didn't think we'd really get any kind of, uh, you know, and then the other thing I was thinking is if I asked who it was that, that she interviewed with, I couldn't, you know, I didn't know the name. What? Hello? I don't know. Oh. Where is that coming from? That's a good question. I'm looking on my what computer. I don't have anything. It's not on my end. I have nothing on here open. I mean, I, I just have this one laptop, and the only thing I have ready to queue are these two things. <laughs> and, I mean, that's, I don't know. So, so wait a minute. We, we just had, like, random music show up on our show, and we have no clue where it came from? And I have two things open, two windows open on the computer that's hooked up, and I have that, and I have, of course, uh, let's see if it plays the uh, Havana Gila. 
So, I, yeah, I do not know where that came from. That was very random. <laughs> How old are you sure that was not your music? Not yet. <laughs> Maybe we still have the manager of uh, Sam's, uh, what was the name of that? Play It Against Sam's. Yeah, Play It Against Sam's. That's, uh, no, he's, he's not. No, he's, he's definitely disconnected. But, uh... <laughs> So anyhow, that's uh, really what's going on. Uh, again, Druff had a great run. You know, I normally don't uh, sit there in front of my computer and unless I'm home doing work or I, I, for some reason I have to be, and, and it's not that much these days since Black Friday's over. But last night really was interesting in the sense that, you know, uh, uh, a friend was, a good friend was, very, was you know, very deep, and I'll, you know, 18 out of, uh, what was it, 166, okay, 166, you know, and everyone in the forum, the vibe was great in terms of just, uh, you know, poker fraud alert, everybody was obviously rooting you on, and at the same time, Helmuth was, uh, you know, heads up, and then Ivy was, at one point, it literally was, Helmuth was heads up, Ivy was heads up, and you were right on the bubble, all going on at the same time, Yeah. and yeah, you know, it was an interesting night of poker. Even my dad notices. Like, my, my dad called me afterwards and trying to make me feel better uh, about how, uh, you know, what happened there. And and he's like, oh, uh, I thought Phil Helmuth won a bracelet. <laughs> he like, throws that into the, the conversation. Well, at least you can tell me you got to talk to him tonight. Yeah, so. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, can we, we get an ice man check-in? Uh, we've had a little hard time reaching him. You know, the Iceman, he, he's kind of in and out, and right now he's uh, a little bit difficult to get a hold of. But, uh, you know, we'll give it another shot uh, a little bit in the future. And, uh, oh, by the way, do you, do you think that uh, Play It Again, Sam. Sam's, you, you think that uh, you think they have all used merchandise there? That's why they call it Play It Again? <laughs> well, listen, for, for those that don't know, and I, I imagine most of you don't, Play It Again, Sam's is... Uh, a strip club, obviously in Las Vegas, but it's kind of in the city part. Um, there's a, there's an area of Las Vegas that the majority of strip clubs are in, and that's called Industrial Road, and it's kind of parallel to the strip, and that's where. Yeah, it's really weird to get there too. Yeah, it is, it is, it is, and that's where Cheetahs is and Crazy Horse, and um, off that road as well is Jaguars and Spearman Rhino, and Played Against Sam's is on a road called Spring Mountain, which. Uh, I guess I saw Bukowski post in the chat, and that guy, I mean, Bukowski is just fast. I mean, really, you say something, uh, I mean, within a minute, the guy just is on top of everything. I don't even think Bukowski's an American. I'm pretty sure... No, I, th I think he is. Oh, is he? Okay, I thought he was European. He, he no, I, in fact, he used to play uh, Limit Hold'em in, in Vegas or something. Okay. Well, I, I've, ne I've never met him, but yeah. uh, I don't think anyone's met him. No, I have not. But uh, anyhow, so it's in, it's on Spring Mountain, and it's right in the area in Las Vegas, what's referred to as Chinatown, um, because there's, that is where the predominant amount of Chinese businesses, restaurants, realists, I mean, everything that's Asian is located. I mean, there must be 200 to 300 restaurants. Uh, I mean, just, it, it's really, a, it's like a small Chinatown. I mean, obviously it compares nothing to New York, but like smack in the middle of it is just this low-end, like, I mean, really dive strip club called Play It Against Sam's. And these literally are where girls go that, uh, I'm trying to think of the correct way so to you think you actually think that Freckles would have been hired there despite her... Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, Freckles would have to be a, a monster's ball not to get hired there. These girls are not... Are, I mean, these are girls that have, uh, uh, you know, bad... I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I've been there. It's been a long time. Um, they have bad nipples? 
But I mean, girls that have bad teeth, that a little, a little too much junk in the trunk, that that are disfigured, mm-hmm. as freckles is. So that's you know, yes, yes, like, like <laughs> yeah. So like freckles, even with your pepperoni and your uh, salami nipples, you actually would have got higher there. So maybe yeah, that's what also. If everything else was good, I think you would have definitely been like one of their stars. Yeah. So again, anyone that I'm saving a sandwich. <laughs> anyone that is here for the World Series, if that is your thing, uh, do not go there. I advise you, uh, you know, not. The only good thing about this, and this would be. Uh, once again, this would fall under the Poker Fraud Alert Jew Tip of the Week. At uh, Play It Against Sam's, they have video poker machines. And You're kidding me. No, they do. And because of that, though, that allows a loophole that was actually settled, I don't know, about four or five years ago. And a number of strip clubs do have these, not any of the high-end ones. But a law, uh, a Clark County, actually this was a gaming law, but it was, it was passed in Clark County, uh, a number of years ago prohibited any strip club to charge any sort of admission to get in that offered any oh. kind of gaming. So you could go in there and, uh, again, the Jewish strip club tip of the weekend, sit there at a you know uh, video poker machine and put in a $10 bill or a 20 and just play one credit you know, every five minutes or ten minutes and avoid... Uh, the entrance fee. And normally in Vegas, for the most part, most strip clubs um, either have a small entrance fee um, if you're a local, but if you're not a local, they're as high as like $30, $40 just, just to get in. That's not including drinks or anything else. But uh, any strip club that has any sort of, uh, whether it's video poker, video blackjack, or kino, by law now, they are not allowed to charge any sort of admittance whatsoever, and you could just walk in. Um <clears throat> Wow. So you, you know, uh, speaking of, of monsters ball type strip clubs, I know there's a number of them. But like between the Stratosphere and downtown, yes, there's some real uh, low end ones. Yeah, and uh, I, I actually know someone. And it, it really is a someone. I'm not. This isn't me that I'm saying as a friend. This really is someone I know who uh, comes in from Southern California and likes to go to strip clubs. And this person is is of course Jewish, and and uh, wants to save some bucks. There's one there called Talk of the Town. I hear of. That apparently only charges ten dollars for a lap dance. What is it called again? It's called Talk of the Town, and apparently hmm. it's, it's of that ghetto variety. It's on it's on the strip. It's on Las Vegas Boulevard between the Stratosphere and downtown, like a terrible neighborhood. Yeah, and I think I think it does have an admission, but I. I I was told, I don't know if it's still like this, it was like last year I was told this, that it's $10 there for a lap dance and that the girls are actually not as ugly as you'd expect. It's kind of hit and miss there. Like some of them <laughs> are pretty nasty, but some of them are, you know, some of them are, are like freckles where they've just got like a little flaw, but other than that, they're pretty good. So easy, It's easy to ignore. But there's no there's no video poker I'm, there. So you I, know, you I can't even recall, and I, I mean, I frequented strip clubs a lot back uh, when I first moved here. I can't even recall... The first, the last time I was in a strip club. I mean, it had it has to be now probably maybe six, seven years at least. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, it's been uh, actually no. Actually, I remember it was actually I posted it, so I might as well see when Set of Kings first moved to Vegas. Um, and this this still was a while ago. This was 2008, I believe. So or 2007. That was the last time I I went with him to uh, to Spearmint Rhino. And I was actually, I know Druff, I mean, have you ever even been to a strip club in Vegas? Uh, you know what? I have not. I've never been to a strip club. Not not the kind never? of where they take it all the way off. No. Oh. 
Well, but have you been to a topless strip club? Um, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound strange, but I went to a club in Los Angeles where uh, there were girls stripping down to just their their underwear or like bikinis. Uh, but it turned out that a lot of them were men. Mm. <laughs> ah, <geez>. <laughs> Figured that out about halfway through. Jeez, that's it. Yeah, they were they were very attractive. By the way, there's a review here for uh, uh, Play It Again, Sam's. Please read. This tell. is from Yelp. This place is a dump. <laughs> this is on March 16th, 2012. The girls are long past their prime, and never and some never even had a prime. <laughs> I mean, you actually want to give some of the girls dollars to keep their tops on. <laughs> I can't believe this guy didn't ask Freckles to just get the hell in there right away. Yeah, well, he yeah, wants I, to work there so bad. Well, no, I think he's talking about you to keep your tops on. You know, with, you have the disfigured nipple. Hey, so, it's not that bad. Come on. So, so when you drive by and see the sign on the corner of Spring Mountain and Wynn, keep driving. Do not stop unless you really, <laughs> really want to waste your time and money. That was from Ryan or sorry, from Roy M. Yeah. In Las Vegas. A uh, local said that. And uh, there is uh, there is a good review, four stars. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says, Yes, the attractiveness of the women are not rhino quality, but lately the crop of talent has been quite good. This is from Brad S., not Brad L., who I saw <laughs> yesterday, too, but Brad S. <laughs> in Las Vegas, Nevada. You read and these often, Jeff? <laughs> I mean, it was posted, I think, by Bukowski in our chat. And uh, Yelp is, is it's a pretty good resource uh, to find out the truth about things. I mean, a lot of times there's mixed reviews. But, like, I do have to say that maybe Yelp is ruining some fun for me because sometimes I want to go somewhere and then I read reviews on Yelp I don't like and don't go. And I always wonder, like, did I maybe not go somewhere that I would have liked? Because I have gone to places before, restaurants or other places, and then looked at the reviews on Yelp and found they were bad, and I actually don't agree. Uh, so, but, but for the most part, it's pretty accurate. You know, if a bunch of people say something sucks, they're usually they right. right. Yeah, they're usually right. Those, these review and sites, I, I definitely in support their existence because it... Uh, in fact, a famous hotel, the Carter, yeah, the Carter in New York City... Right. Had a ton of very terrible reviews, and uh, it, 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 I, I don't think there was one uh, one good uh, review a- about the Carter. <laughs> what, was, what was it, James Earl? I mean, I don't know. Uh, no, 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 that's Hotel Carter <laughs> in New York City. And Hotel Carter, they trick foreigners into coming there because, like, it's really cheap, and it's got a great location, uh, I think, by the, uh, by, you know, the Broadway area of, of uh, Manhattan. And so it's like the theater district. So so people are like, oh my god, like what ninety nine dollars a night to stay over there? Like they they can't believe it because New York City is so expensive. And foreigners book this place, but I know some Americans too, and they get there and they cannot believe it. And this policy, the hotel has an interesting policy that you have either ten or twenty minutes to get a refund after you get to your room. So like they give you the keys, <laughs> you got like twenty minutes to get back down there and say no fucking way, give me my money back. If you take more than twenty minutes, then you're committed to it and they will absolutely not give you your money back. And you know, the, the biggest problem there is bed bugs. Yeah. Uh, they, there's all oh, the, there's all yeah. these there's all these pictures of uh, of cockroaches crawling in the room and like mildew and mold all over the place and just like oh, just all oh. the net like like plaster from the ceiling falling. It's it's really unbelievable that this place is actually allowed to stay in business. And, like, year after year, it gets voted the, the dirtiest hotel in the United States. And, 
it's dangerous. We even tried to prank call them once, but yes, they we were did. impossible to prank call because they must get so many prank calls, mm-hmm. they're just like, they just snap hang up on you. Is that how you came up with the name for that other forum, sub-forum? No, it wasn't. It was a coincidence. Okay. Uh, Sandwich in the chat is uh, saying that he actually works a couple blocks away from Hotel Carter. It's in Midtown Manhattan. Um, So, anyhow, Sandwich, you know, if you ever are walking by there, walk inside, take some pictures, start a thread and post it. It would be interesting to see. Uh, you know what would be Hall of Fame, actually, is if you could get a clear audio recording of people complaining. But you've got to be hearing this all day with people <laughs> complaining about it. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's the worst job to have, like working the front desk of the Carter or working at the ticket booth for the Chris Angel show at the Luxor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people are constantly coming out there and, and complaining and demanding their money back. And that's got to be, that's gotta be like the worst job in Las Vegas. Yeah. I, I sure, they're not allowed to give anyone a refund, so they've got to like tell all these angry people who spent like 120 bucks each mm. that uh, they will not be getting a refund. So vowels, I wanted to ask you, uh, and again, mm-hmm. you know, I don't. If anyone has any questions in the chat for vowels, uh, I wanted to get your from a female perspective of <clears throat> my new relationship that is going on, and. Mm-hmm. What I wanted to, what I wanted to, what, and I guess Druff too. You, I want you to chime in because you're a guy as well. Get both of your perspectives. Now, I'm going on almost a month now, and what's odd to me about about this relationship, uh, besides the fact that we get along, we get along very, very well, is that in a month the level of, I guess we'll just say my sexual magnitude has not decreased at all. Like, you know, in the beginning of a relationship, like, you're just, especially, you know, when two people are really attracted to each other, and once you have, uh, you've been intimate, touched each other's privacies, uh, repeat, finish, um, for the first time, then, you know, then you just keep kind of going at it, and then, you know, as everyone knows, you know, whether it's marriage or, or, you know, you just dated for a long time, then it just gets less frequent. But now it's a month in, and I'm still at the point where every every morning... When I wake up or before I go to bed, I still literally want to attack her to the point where, like, she's, like, telling me to calm down and stop and it's too much. And, you know, like, just, like this morning, I'm going to be honest, I actually awoke her um, by touching one's privacy. Yes, yes. And, and she was fine with it. it you know, it was, it was romantic. It was sweet. But it's been a month. And, like, normally in my past, like, after, I don't know, maybe two weeks or even a week, in some instances, it starts to slow down just a little bit in terms of, like, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? I don't want to say, you know, it's getting old, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so, I, yeah, I okay. Don't, I don't, in my experience, I don't remember it slowing down at, after only a couple of weeks, unless you're just so sore that you can't do it. Well, no, I am at that point, too, but I'm overlooking <laughs> all that as well. I, I, yeah, that's not even, I'm, I'm fighting through I think that. it usually takes like, a couple of months. Bar. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, I, I actually agree with Val's here that uh, if if everything else is good, you know, if, it, if you like the girl's personality and you get along really well and you're not just getting sick of them, you're not getting sick of being with them, which I think is what sometimes causes it to die after two or three weeks, uh, but, but when you really like the person in addition to the sexual mm-hmm. part, then I, I think you do get several good months where the sex drive does not die down, uh, so I, I think. But what I'm saying though, it's still at a rate where, like, literally, I am in a bed with this person. I can't keep my hands off them. It's like that. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Or like, I can't even. I don't want to go to sleep. 
So I'm just. Uh, I mean, it it sounds great, and I uh, the only thing that I fear for you is that okay. you're going to be disappointed when that fire burns down a little. Well, you know, it will. I mean, it can't go on at that yeah. level forever. Right. It will. It will die down, but you may have quite some time. You know, you may have a few more months. Okay. Before it significantly dies down, uh, right. it, it's hard to kind of say what point it happens. And I'm, sh- I'm sure you've noticed a variance in that as well in your in your life there with the yes. uh, various women you've been with. But, uh, you know, I think you got a lot more than a month. I, I personally have had it where a month into it, I haven't seen any uh, degrading in that respect. But, like, you know, six months later, nine months later is a different story. Now, let me pose this. Well, to Drex, are you together every day? Like, are you I mean, looking after her every morning it's been over this month? It's been, today is going to be 17 days in a row that uh, she's, she's spent the night here. A couple of times I've actually spent the night at her house, but uh, her job is close to where I live, so it just kind of works out better this way. But yeah, 17 days in a row. Um, I'd say give it another 17 days, okay. and then if it's still burning this bright, then uh, I don't know. You, you now, don't take Viagra or anything like no, that, right? No, 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 no. This is oh, all natural. I mean, I'm actually, th- you know, I, I'll be honest. <coughs> I've taken Viagra once. And it was like eight years ago, and it wasn't that I needed it, but someone I knew had gone to Mexico and, and gotten a prescription. I just really just wanted to see what it would do. And, uh, I mean, it, 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 I will admit that if I ever get to that point where I need that, I'll have no problem taking it because it worked wonders. It was amazing. I mean, it really, like, it, 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 it was... I almost oh. did what you did once. I like exactly like it was actually Levitra, but I got some Levitra that yes. was given to me from someone who got it in Mexico, and and but I, I was like afraid to take it, and I was like, what if this causes some kind of problem, and like I, I don't need it, so why bother? So like I didn't I didn't even bother with it. I mean, the only reason why I took it again, it wasn't that I needed it, but I was actually told just besides the fact that uh, you know you could go on for hours, your cock is just basically just stiff for, for a number of hours, that the sensation of when you orgasm is even more powerful with it. And a lot of that is, is that because... You can, yes, it is. But I think a lot of why that is, is because you can go, you can go much longer. Um, and you know, and, and I, I guess the way, you know, this is ha- kind of how I like to do it. And... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I'm just going to be honest. No, I... I have, you know, I, and I'm older, and as, as everyone knows, and I'll, you know, it's not anything embarrassing. As you get older, your stamina increases. But see, what I like to do, and I at least, and everyone's body's different, but with me at least, I've noticed that uh, even though I, you know, I can go quite some time, uh, in fact, I think like two days ago, we actually, oh, and this is going to bring me to, to uh, something else that uh, was uh, pretty funny, but, um, remind me, but... Uh, what I like to do is, when I'm in the act, I'll go for maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so, and then stop. And just kind of like constantly tease myself to the point where like I have humongous blue balls. And then when right. I finally do get off, it's... It's just it's, much bigger. It's much bigger because I've built it up several times. Yes, exactly. Right. If that makes, does that make sense? Do I understand oh, yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, definitely. So that's, that's kind of how I like to do it. I'm not like... Like, in, in terms of, like, five minutes and then just getting off versus, you know, kind of taking your time and getting really turned on and slowing down and back and forth, letting it build up much more powerful. And uh, even, like I said, the one time I do remember I took Viagra, uh, it, it increased it just even more so than that. Um, but then, I, you know, I read about people that, that, that just were having heart attacks and other health problems. Yeah, that's, that's why I was afraid to take it. From it. And that's why, you know, unless I ever really needed it at some point, I... I you know, I, I have no interest in it, but uh, I will tell you, Druff, uh, 
yeah, I mean, it, it is very noticeable. When you take it, it's going to be something that uh, you've never yeah. quite experienced before. I guess maybe, maybe I guess the closest you can think of is, is when you were younger. And, you know, when you were 15 and 16 years old and just had that kind of sex drive, um, <laughs> you know, where you could just, like, literally have sex, you know, and then get off and not get hard again. And just, like, you could do it five, six, seven times a day. I mean, Ken Scaler probably was doing it. <laughs> I mean, what do you think back at Sc- Ken Scaler's peak, Druff? How many times do you think he got off? Because vowels, you know the story. Not an attractive thought. No, yeah. But this is a guy now who's either in his late 30s or early 40s who masturbates, self-admittedly masturbates five or six times a day. So you go back. No, 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 not quite, not quite like that. Oh, anymore. Wow. That, that, that was the old days. Okay. So, well, what is what is his record then for? I, I, well, I, I do know his record, and this, uh, he, I, <laughs> I can't believe I know this, but he did tell me, and. Uh, he, it was actually a day I was calling him for other reasons. He was actually updating me as, as the record was uh, was increasing, and in fact was scolding me for calling him because it was it was stopping him from from being able to do this. The record, and this is hard to believe, but I, I don't think he's lying. Eleven in twenty four hours. Wow. That's that's. I mean, I could never even at my peak, I could not have pulled that off. No, I couldn't do that either. Now, what what's the what's the highest number of times? That you've had sex and completed in 24 hours. Have you counted that? Me? Uh, I mean, it would definitely be when I was younger, but I, I probably, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it probably, I'd say, maybe five, six times, probably. And yes. so you're, like you're, and you're saying in terms of not, like, of actually touch, finish, completing, right? That's what you said? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Five or six times, hours. probably. Yeah, five, six times. How long yes. in between? Well, I mean, over a 24-hour period, so that would be like a day that we just sat in bed all day and, and didn't really do much. So I guess, you know, average it out maybe every, what does that come out to be? Every four hours or so maybe? Oh, okay. You know. Plenty of refractory time. Yes, you yes, are. yes. But now, I mean, I'm not I mean, I'm not even embarrassed. There's no way I could do that now. Well, you know what's, un- I mean, what's unbelievable here? Without. This is true. When I, when I was 21 years old, I attempted to do five times. But but failed on the fifth time. The fifth time I, it didn't it didn't complete. Okay, and then I never tried it again until I was much older, and I actually completed five times. Much so older. There's some truth to the increase of stamina with age. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I was not aware of that. Absolutely. No, no, but the, no the stamina is definitely true. But, but as far as being able to do five times, I was shocked. This is like a fluke day, I think. Maybe I, it depends I, on the girl. It, it did have to do with a girl, yes, but because uh, um, that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen with freckles, I don't think. <laughs> Druff, do you feel as if you fuck better after a winning session, or does that have no bearing on your sexual? Uh, well, like a big, a big score. Not a winning session, no, but a losing session, I, I usually don't want to. It would, it would affect it in that I, I just really wouldn't be in the mood, and I, I just really wouldn't want to do it. And if you know, if I did, it would be my, my heart really wouldn't be in it. So. Uh, when I have a losing session, this isn't really about sex, but I sleep so well. In fact, you know, like after what happened yesterday, you know, I, I slept great. I can, I when I lose in poker, the the worse the losing session is, the better I sleep. When I win, I have a real hard time sleeping, and I'm not someone who has insomnia problems, but but I have a real hard time falling asleep when I either win or when I've made day two, day three, day whatever of a tournament. I mean, like when I was in the main event going through day six, it was getting real tough to get myself to fall asleep. And uh, but but if I lose, 
then it's easy to sleep. And I think it's because like a like kind of like a depression hits me mm-hmm. from from the losing, and it tires me out. Where where the winning brings on like an excitement that keeps of you awake. Now this. So, but would a really good sex session make you go to sleep even after the high of a big win? Because uh, yeah. usually guys just conk right out. Well, I was gonna say like all, all guys feel tired after sex, so. Well, this begs one last question, and this is why uh, radio is so great. We go from having Phil Helmuth on to now talking about ejaculation frequencies. It's, it's, I mean, <laughs> our range is, is pretty damn wide here at uh, on the Drex. Just, or just drop, never know what's going to come up, <laughs> literally. Absolutely. Now, I w- I'd like to say I was a little surprised that One Step wanted us to shut up about the topic. Well, I thought he'd enjoy No, it. it's not male. If it was male-penetrated, touch prior, no. Yeah, if we're talking <laughs> about Tom Dwyer yeah. or Tony Dunn. Yes, no. Talking. Then it would be okay. If it was like, yeah, male-on-male touch, privacy, finish complete, uh, no, no. But what, <laughs> what, I did want to finish uh, this segment. The, uh, I don't know what we're going to call this, the vowels, dirty talk with the boys, or I don't know, we'll come up with a name. But <laughs> in both of your lives, as best as you, re- you can recall, what is the longest streak that you have had sex with, I mean, anybody? And, and even if it's, you know, I'm not judging anyone if you threw in someone else one of the days, but longest concurrent streak of having sex. Would you, would you, vowels, would you say in your Are life? Are you saying one session or no, multiple sessions? No, just like how many days in a row do you think, oh. have you been fucked? Like oh, the I longest know. duration. I actually don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, it, it really I mean, I know no one's going to know the exact answer, but just your best guess. I'd say maybe like a week straight. That's just it, really? Going at it every day. But, you know, you get so sore that you just can't go on. So you, then you have to take a break. Hmm. I, I, I can't even tell you, but it's, uh, I don't think it's very long because uh, I think I was just, it has to be someone that I would see every single day, and usually by the time I see someone every single day, it's because they're living with me, and by the time they're living with me, we've been together for so long where we're not going to have sex every single day, you know, for, for a long period of time. So, right. like, that, that's, that's why I don't think it's that long. That's, I've never even thought of this, and I've never even kept track of it. Uh, but uh, I, I thought you were going to ask a different question, so I'll ask the question. <laughs> you, both, you both can answer this. Uh, since the first time you had sex, what is the longest period of time that has passed that you did not have sex? Oof, that is a good oh. question. I've gone years. <laughs> Why? I, seriously, because um, after I got my heart pretty brutally broken, mm. um, after my daughter was born, I didn't date anyone for a long time. Unless you're counting masturbation, I'd say I went at least three years with nothing. Wow. Yeah. I would have to say probably no more than maybe three, four months at the most. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. I had like a a year and a quarter of of that occurring, and... uh, Three yeah, pretty, months pretty, pretty, longest you've gone. Yeah, I mean, well, I've had. I mean, in college, in college, I had a long-term girlfriend for a number of years, and you, obviously, if you're in a relationship and you don't have sex for three or four months, something's obviously wrong. But yeah, I, no more. I mean, and when I've gotten to that point, I I start to go crazy. Like I can feel it. Like you, you know, I I don't know if you guys kind of can relate to that, but uh, after. You know, the, and, and it's. I think it, it's happened a number. I mean, not like a lot, but maybe maybe 
two or three times in my life, that's been about the range. Never anything longer than that. But I started to really just feel like I, that I need to get laid. I mean, it's really, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Yeah, um, I, I do have to say that other than that one kind of slump period I had, which was actually from uh, from near the end of when I was 18 through when I was about tw- just around turning 20, which is a bad time to have it. Like that's like when you want sex the most, right at that age. And that happened to be when uh, I hit the slump. Uh, but since that since that time ended, I, I don't think there's been more than three months for me either. And this is a, this is like 20 years ago now. So right. I, I can kind of understand what when Brandon first said three months, I'm like ah three months. You know, you know, you're super active here. But then I thought about you know. In the last 20 years, I don't think I've gone much more than three months. But when you get to that three-month point and you say you're going nuts and you just have to have some sex, do you find you're making some pretty stupid decisions? Just sort of jumping into bed with the first thing that (laughs) has a vagina? Um, To answer just as as honest as I can, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when my slump ended, I this this is so frustrating to me too. Um, you know, uh, I guess this this seems to be a pattern in my life. You know, like I, I win uh, third place and first place in the World Series, and since then, you know, seven years later, I can't come anywhere near that again. But I like this is a theme in my life where I get off these good starts and then it never duplicates. After that slump of like a year and a quarter, I met a girl and we had sex. A bunch of times that weekend, and and like so much that that I, I kind of felt like I was uh, it was it was too much like for what even what I wanted, and I'm thinking oh wow and like you know every time I come here to see her this is gonna be like this, so I come back the next weekend, and it's totally different. And the, the weekend the the week before you know the, the week when we were having all the sex, she kept repeating over and over you know I just want to let you know I'm not really like this. I just want to let and you she know. she was right. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm usually not all that into having sex. And I just said, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I was like, just, <laughs> I, I just went along with it because I, I didn't want to get in an argument about it. But I thought this was just to look good because it was the first weekend we were together and she was already having sex with me. So I thought this was just, like, not to look like a slut. And then, and then it was true. Like, the next weekend I come back and all of a sudden she's, like, super cold, like, I'm pressing, anytime I press for her to have sex, I'm like, I'm treated like a pervert, like, you know, how dare I want this? And I'm like, like, how is this the same girl as a week ago? So I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just a bad week. Maybe so I come back the next week. Wrong. I come back the next week. It's even worse. Mm. And then, and then the next week, I come back, and then she won't have sex with me at all. And like, uh, that, that was that was the end of it. Like, it, it was the strangest thing. And, and you can't even say that maybe she wasn't happy with, with the sex because the first weekend it was just constant. But are you sure she enjoyed it? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, she she did. And and if she didn't, she wouldn't have just like kept pressing the whole weekend. That first time she would have done it once and said, "Oh, forget this. This sucks," you know. So, like, it was so weird how one person. I know some people are really into sex and others aren't, but how could you go from like wanting it every moment one week to the rest of the weeks you don't want it at all? It sounds like a drug thing to me, but <laughs> maybe that's what was going on and I didn't realize. I don't it. know, but that does bring up one question that I have for you boys. Um, do you guys care if the woman that you're with is having an orgasm? I mean, as long as you get yours, is it fine? Or when I was younger, I didn't care. When I was younger, I didn't care as much. But now, for me, it's personal. Yes. Now, actually, if I mean, I'll be honest. When I was younger, I was a much, much more selfish lover. But now, as I've gotten older and you know wiser, 
uh, and I think a lot of it, like I just said, is personal. Yes, I do. It bothers me. And, and you know, I, I take it personally, and I'll sit there if it takes hours to, to, to do it. It's not, I don't even know in my head if it's about the fact that I'm, I'm trying to please her, if it's more about me just vindicating myself that, to accomplish the mission. I don't, does that make sense? The mission accomplished. Yes. <laughs> yes. So how do you know if she's really having one or if she's just faking it? I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm sure in my life, uh, more than one occasion, there have been fakers just, uh, you know, because they wanted to go to sleep or to stop or they couldn't get off and they wanted to please me. But I've never been able, even as a poker player, that, you know, and obviously supposed to be able to read people, uh, I, I, I've never blatantly known that somebody was faking with me. I don't know. It's a good question, yeah, though. You, you would have no idea if she was faking or not, then, it sounds like. No, I, I would have no idea. No idea <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, well, from a woman's perspective, tell us. Is there, what should I be looking for? Well, I mean, I think there's sort of a an uncontrollable trembling that occurs in the in the muscles and in the in the body. But it just wouldn't. I don't think you'd be able to fake it. But you could certainly fake one, and you wouldn't have that shaking and trembling of all of your limbs like that. Hmm. Well, you know, actually. Uh that does, yeah, that 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 is true. That is a good point, Val. And that's that's why you're you're such an asset here because I think you can just uh, kind of just yeah. give us the insight that uh, Jeff and I are both lacking in, in a couple certain areas. I, I'm not sure if I believe this in the chat here. Dark Star says um, the gal I just dumped had 20 orgasms during one of our sessions, so of course I felt like God. And then he went on to say she was also bat guano crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen girls. Me, I've seen girls, and I know they're not faking that have that have had orgasms like five or six times, like before I've even had one, uh, and and that's still rare. Like I think maybe uh, a handful in my entire life, but uh, whatever the what did you say twenty twenty orgasms? Yes. Yeah, that's 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 hard to believe, but I I've, I've heard there are women <coughs> who can do it. So I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm 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 you know you know I'm in my mid thirties. I've you know, been with some women in my life. I've never met a squirter either, and I know they exist. I've seen them. <laughs> I've never been with a squirter, like a real true squirter. Didn't Jenny McCarthy claim oh, to have three-hour <laughs> orgasms on, on the Howard show? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, fact, I, I guess I don't envy it. It sounds like it would just be going on for way too long. So, get fact, Dark on the phone. I want to ask him some questions actually, about uh, that. Uh, yeah, Jeannie here wants... Brandon to call her and okay. she'll give a blow-by-blow blow description, no pun intended, <laughs> where to, uh, of where to check how you can tell there's really one going on. This oh, is a woman who knows her stuff, apparently. I think uh, before, and I will call Jeannie, but I actually have, uh, uh, Val's hope you don't mind, uh, I have a conversation of, of, of this, this is just weird, someone sent this to me, but it's, uh, I'll just play it, Val's, and you can tell me what... But all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. You don't think that I can tell a difference? No. Get out of here. Oh. Oh. Are you okay? Oh. Oh, God. Ooh, oh, God. 
because she's doing it right in the middle of this restaurant. I'll have what she's had. That's awesome. Uh, by the way, have you seen uh, Meg Ryan recently? Uh, no, I have not. Is yeah. she not aging well? You, you probably don't want to look. She, she, yeah. isn't getting, she isn't getting surgery very well. Oh. Oh, oh, wait, is she like crazy. another... Is it a Chantel type situation? Well, no, because we're talking about an older lady who's... Yeah, she's more older. Uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of like someone just stretched her face oh. and... You know, it's actually, I saw the movie uh, Dark, uh, Dark Shadow the other night, and I was actually pleasantly surprised how well Michelle Pfeiffer looked. And back in, like, the late 80s, early 90s, I was very, very attracted to her. She was, I mean, just beautiful, and I think she's actually... And again, I'm not... I'm a guy, and I, I probably should know these things, but I've never been really good, unless it's blatant, at, at, at noticing or knowing what kind of work a female's done, you know, unless it's just something so obvious like Joan Rivers or, or even like someone like Tara Reid who's younger who you just know has had so much elective surgery done. But uh, Michelle Five, did either one of you see that movie? No, but I'm looking at a picture of her from five years ago when she was 49 and she looks very good. Yeah, yeah she, she just had good genes. Well, I mean, somebody like Joan Rivers, I think her quote was that she's had so much plastic surgery she sees a man with a knife she lies down on the table. <laughs> so, I mean, right, with gonna... her, you know she's going too far, but I think there's probably... Just about everyone in the Hollywood scene has had something done. I'm going to go ahead and so, call Jeannie real fast. She said, you said she wanted us to call, correct? And then, Yeah, yeah, give her a call. I'm, I'm curious what her blow-by-blow um, blow will be. And then if you want to see something disappointing, look up Kelly LeBrock, who is in Oh, she was so hot. Yeah, I saw a picture of her recently. That's sad. That is sad. I don't know what she did. Ugh. I can't believe it's the same woman who was in Weird Science. Uh, that's that and, and also that was uh, Steven Seagal's wife in a number yeah, of movies. Yeah, was Steven Seagal's wife for uh, nine years. Yes. All right. A lucky uh, man. He had her while she was hot. We're going to call Jeannie. And I think after that, guys, we've been on a little over three hours. Probably going to cut it short this evening. We've covered everything. And uh, we all need to get some rest for tomorrow. Well, that's weird. I, I didn't know that Kelly Brock was married briefly to the owner of Dre's nightclub. Really? I didn't know that either. From 84 to 86. Hmm. Hi there. Jeannie! <laughs> My Ryderson, how are you? Hi, Jeannie. I think this is actually, Hi. I think this is actually Jeannie's first time other than my farewell show on the uh, up now upgraded site that uh, you've been on radio before. Am I, am I mistaken? That is correct. Okay, so obviously... All right, so let's get yes. down to the nitty-gritty. You ready? Absolutely. Oh. Shoot. Yeah. So, the, so the first thing is, I'm going to tell all the guys out there how to give a girl an orgasm. 
if you really want to do this right, you have to get her from behind and you have to fiddle. So you really need to use your hands, okay? Wait, wait, what? But wait, wait. You're, you're doing her from behind at the same time as you're fiddling? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, you're not. So it's I'm not talking about getting her on. Yes, you're getting her from behind when you're on your sides, okay? So this frees up all of your hands. Okay. And you have to fiddle. Women like when you fiddle. You know, like <laughs> Uncle Ernie. It's true. I'm telling you, it works every time. Just with fingers. Just, just with the fingers. Most women you're... won't. Yeah, you got to get your fingers. Most women will not have an orgasm if you're just pounding away at her. I mean, it feels good and all, but hmm. it's not going to make anybody have an orgasm if you're just straight up fucking something. No, no, Jeannie, do you know how the guys at the guys at Quadjack sound when they're having an orgasm? <laughs> I've so we we spin I messed that up. I was too early. <laughs> that would have been great otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. They won for time. <laughs> and then a couple hours later. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. But here's the thing. Here's how you can tell. If a woman starts, you know, screaming and doing what she's doing and you're not sure, all you got to do is place your middle finger in between her butt, in between the rectum hole, and her vagina. What? And there's no way that you can drop it. That's all I know, I know that move. I know, I've used that move a lot. That's like, It's yeah. called the stinker. Well, yes. And there's no way a woman can fake this. And if she has an orgasm, that's where you know because it's it's pulsating. And you can't fake that. Right. Wow. That's not a voluntary muscle group. No. Right. It's just like when you guys have an orgasm. Same thing. Wow. Interesting. But I, I don't think that all women would like it if you put your finger there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it probably could break up a few relationships. <laughs> so so wow. unless you're pretty certain and confident that you gave your woman an orgasm, probably don't put your finger there. Well, you know, it's very weird because Druff, uh, like me, I'm not, we've never been uh, too much into the whole ass, you know, I, uh, how, 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 help me out, Druff, how do I free that? What, what, You're not into anal sex. Oh, no, no, not, well, we're not into the ass play. Yeah, the ass play, that's the word I was looking for. Now, another former member of, of our podcast history, Dustin Neverwin Wolf, was very, very open about his fondness. His overly fondness for ass play, but with me it was different. It just, it literally had to be like the per. And it's not that I wasn't into it, but it had to be like literally uh, the perfect girl. Like it had, to, it was very, very few and far in between. Now, again, not to keep tuning my own horn, but there's many specifications that an asshole had to have for me to <laughs> be turned on and to be motivated to, you know, for, for, for some ass play. And now, do you like it when it's bleached? I do. I like it when it's bleached. If, uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest here. Rex won't go near it unless it's bleached, shaved, yeah. waxed, yeah. pretty kitty, everything. <laughs> God, does she know me? Is she my BFF or what? Yes. Yes, 100%. But let me tell you something about anal sex. I mean, I understand guys think that that's all cool, but... If you're in the middle of foreplay and you're getting a girl literally excited, not just faking it, 
that's the best time to go for it. And you don't have to do it all the way, but you should definitely do something down there with your butt. I mean, one of the True. biggest... Ter- you like that. One of the biggest... Not, not for me. Personally, I don't like that. Um, yeah, d- d- oh, in fact, I will say this. Uh, well, actually, no, I probably shouldn't say this. Uh, Gene, I'll let you answer it. Have you ever met Dustin before? Me? Yes. Uh, Todd, you have to get him into rehab. You don't remember? Well, I didn't know if I was if I should say that. That's why I was asking you. I don't oh, yes. blow up spots. Yes, yes you can bad. certainly say that. I don't care. Well, I was also thinking of another time when you broke up a fight that he was about to get into, but I didn't know if I could say it. With Vanessa's self. Okay, I had well, to get in the middle okay, of Okay, I guess I could say it then. Literally. Down yes. in the Bahamas. Jeannie broke up a fight between the two Dustins. Um, and we say that, Jeannie, because there are some similarities that at least people think. I was scared. I was really scared for him. I mean, that girl was going to pound him. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, thanks to that fight... That, or should I say almost fight, whatever it was, Vanessa Self doesn't like me very much. She doesn't hate me, but she just uh, she doesn't care for me very much because when it was discussed on 2 Plus 2, out of my uh, um, you know friendship with, with Dustin, I went and posted some things in his defense. I, I didn't like, completely take his side, but I posted some things in his defense, and, uh, and Vanessa Self was getting pissed off at me. And ever since then, while she has never been like rude or nasty with me, I can tell she just doesn't think very highly of me. Yeah, that was a that was a tough day for her. She tried to bluff him. It was the um, the computer heads up battleship down in the Bahamas, and he got heads up, and she tried to bluff him with seven deuce, and he called her and he won, but it wasn't good enough for them to just go to the cage and get their money. And I was walking them over there because I was running the event, and she said something like, you know, play you heads up. She started going after him. He said something back, and she literally pulled her arm back to clock him. And I, I got in the middle of them, and that was it. Well, that she, was claimed it. You, she claimed that Dustin was embarrassing her in front of her girlfriend, but Dustin said that she was making comments under her breath that were intentionally loud so he would hear, like, oh, I forgot you can only bluff good players at this spot, and things like he that. Did. So. He did say that. Wow. But, you know... Well, no, that, that she, yeah, she, he was saying that she said this about him. That, they uh, were both saying it. I don't yeah. know who started it. They were both contributing, but it got to the point where I literally had to get in between them because they were going to But fight. no doubt in your mind that, uh, heads up, Vanessa Selps would, would take out Dustin everyone will e- easily in a fist fight, brawl, any kind of... Literally going to kick his ass. I was scared for him. <laughs> <laughs> that girl is tough. Listen, I'm tough. She's tough. I'm scared of her. Jason <laughs> began to ask me in the chat why they fought, but it was it was again over just uh, some a hand. They were, they were heads up. Right. The battleship played. It was a thousand dollar event. Right. They were heads up for there was actually a bracelet, like a scoop bracelet. So there was actually a bracelet from um, Poker Stars down at the PCA, and she tried to bluff him. Didn't work. And then they just got into it. Instead of saying good game and shaking, they decided to start beating each other up. Jesus I remember it was a big to-do on NWP, and maybe that's why she's not so fond of you, Jeff, because she was not well-received on that site. You know what I realized? For the first time, uh, I think, I could be wrong in this show's history, we have four people on the line that are... (laughs) (laughs) 
Perfect. Phil, we need to no, be lifting okay. each other up in chairs and smashing glasses. You know, Jeannie, if I do lose you, I just got a big, big uh, notice that pops up on Skype, and all it says is, notification, problem with your payment. So I may be running out of minutes here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't oh, know. this is... So wait a minute, you're showing up as Dunktown Radio on my Skype. Yes, yeah, well, yeah. okay, I, I, this is what happened earlier. I know you. I, we had text, and you were out, and uh, you missed the beginning of radio, but what ended up happening is that uh, Druff normally runs the show um, from his PC, and his sound card uh, just went down, or I don't want to use that term, his, so his sound card died tonight, so he was not able to connect and do radio. I have a very old laptop that has the same exact sound card that's needed to run radio, um, but I just had not used it in a while. So I, I went and got it, plugged it in, loaded it up. It took a while. and But the problem was I did not have a Skype account to make calls because Druff has run this show. So he, you know, he has a Skype account, and we already have a phone number um, that's used to make outgoing and company calls. And I remembered I had a Skype account that I created for my old show, my Into the Night with Drex, that uh, I had created, and I loaded that up, and it still had a couple dollars on it, but unfortunately, the name of the Skype reflected that the old site, and uh, that was the only way I, I would be able to make calls tonight to even to you, for example, right now, was by loading in that Skype, and obviously, once this is done tonight, it's I'm never going to reload this Skype, and in fact, I should probably just create a uh, 702 Drexel number, just something like that. Uh, for the future, yeah, for my the, own. Uh, the problem here is uh, us using this account for this show has gotten the other site so angry that they took their entire site <laughs> down and threw away all their software, <laughs> putting up something new. <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a comment. I, Jeannie might have missed it, but apparently there's a uh, 2.0 in the works on uh, another another site right now that has been long waited. But uh, anyway, so Jeannie, you uh, finished second last week. In uh, I did. the Grand Omaha Eight or Better at the Nuggets uh, for like less than five thousand, it was a little little less than five thousand. It was forty three hundred. The guy um, would not do a deal, and it was two and a half hours heads up. These poor floor guys. I just felt so bad for them. I didn't mind playing, but it was seventeen hours of playing, oh, two and a half hours of heads up. So he won. Um, I went and looked at his stats, and it was the first tournament that he ever won. You can find the results on the Golden Nugget or Bluff. Right. So probably figured he just wanted to play it out. Hmm. But, yes, came in second. It was a good win for me. And That's now I will be playing the... It was a lot of hours. Um, hopefully I'll be doing the same in the $1,500 horse on Wednesday. That's going to be your next event, correct? Yes, right. I cashed well, that last year. Hopefully awesome. our listeners will be You know, uh, if you, I don't know if you ever tweet your trip counts, uh, like, you know, five times a minute like I do. But, uh, if you, if <laughs> I you muted do, you today. I <laughs> must admit, I oh, did mute you. I didn't, un I have Twiddlator, so I can mute people, and then you don't have to they will never know it. I'm already out of the tournament. There's nothing to mute anymore. Well, yesterday she I know, said. I unmuted you. Okay. But see, this is what I don't get. Um, Why do people do that, like... No one, I mean, there, there, there are people that annoy me that I just, I, I just don't follow. But in terms of chip counts, all you have to do is just scroll up to, like, the next tweet. I don't understand how it's that big of a nuisance that people are unfollowing and getting that angry and then posting about unfollowing. I don't get any of that. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't, 
I don't post my chip counts. I will not post except for when I start and if I get in the money. Okay. And then I'll just I was going to offer. I was going to offer you could just you could put the hashtag PSA in the event number, and then it'll appear automatically in our thread about the event. But if you're not going to give updates, forget it. Oh no, I will do that. PSA. Okay. No, no PSA. It's, it's, hashtag yes. PFA and then the number like PFA fifteen for event fifteen. Okay, got it. I'll, 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 if you get confused, because Jeannie is a little old school, you know, she's just, I, I, I'm the one that taught you about, remember how, remember how when we met, you thought uh, tweeting was, was fucking ridiculous? But, Wait, uh, Darkstar wants a boob pick of, pick of me? Ask Brandon. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. Wait a minute, Brandon has boob pics of you? Um... There was an incident. No, there, well, there was an incident two years ago. You just killed me up once. Yeah, well, you. I don't. I, I wouldn't say I felt you up. I, I would say that I was forced. If anything, I was sexually assaulted by you and your I girl. I didn't force you to steal me okay, up. You grabbed my hands. You put them on your breasts, and then you grabbed them and put them on your best friend's breast, and you said, "Tell me whose tits are bigger." I mean, what would you I mean, call that? Right, but I didn't tell you to keep your hand there for five minutes. Well, but it felt good. And I mean, rub it around. Well, <laughs> but it felt good. I had to, you know, well, because also there's the areola test. And we had to finish that as well. That was part of... We uh, had to see if there was geez. pepperoni in there. Jeannie and I have had some wild times. For those that, that, that don't know, she is one of my best friends in Las Vegas. And we constantly run around and get in trouble together and... We've gone to Laughlin and just going wacky adventures around town, out of town sometimes. We went to at large. Uh, Atlantic City. Oh, yeah, Atlantic we got City. Lost yes. Because yes. I didn't know how to GPS in my phone. Yes, and we drove around uh, Philadelphia for about an hour and a half. Um, and then he screamed at some guy at the cashier at the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City and started, what did you say about me to this cashier who didn't speak English, who was from India? I walked up, I, I, I don't remember if I had been drinking, I don't think so, but I, I just went up to the cashier when I cashed out my chips, and I made a reference about how much cock you've taken in your life. Um, <laughs> you were screaming at me. Yes, I was, I know, I remember, Jeannie, I was screaming, do you have any idea, what were my exact words? I don't remember, but I remember just screaming at him. That's exactly what you were saying, and every time you said it, I made you give the guy five dollars. <laughs> 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 oh, Jesus. Well, listen, as we do for all our guests, uh, do you have anything you want to promote? Do you have a book coming out? Um, anything that you're selling? Uh, anything you want to promote, talk about? Because we're going to be winding no. the show down. <laughs> yeah, nothing. No. Jeannie, I have Jeannie no give book. us your Twitter. Yes, put your Twitter out there, uh, please. please. Yeah. My, my Twitter is Gene Riders. I will put it out in the chat. You don't want to hear my my great masturbation story? Oh, please, go ahead, by all means. All right, well, might as well. That's why we're here. Okay, so there was a time where I was working in a substance abuse program, and I it was the only time that I violated this, but I was somebody's boss, and I really liked him. I can't believe I'm telling this story. So I really liked him, and it was when I had, you know, one of those incredible bodies, big tits, long legs, probably about a size eight. I was never skinny, but I think I was a little bit voluptuous, and I was trying to get him to come home with me. So I go to work, and and I was his boss, and I go to work, and I had on this, and I had to dress appropriately because, you know, we worked in a residential uh, program. Residential for, yes. We, were, we worked in a residential program for drug abusers, and... 
I go to work and I had on, um, you know, a normal top. Actually, I had a, a um, sleeveless top with a with a jacket on, a suit jacket, and I had one of these cute little skirts. But I had no stockings and I had no underwear and I had very high heels on. And I go to work and he wasn't there. <laughs> he called and said. I barely could make it through the day. I mean, I was a turn on. I'm sorry, but he lost out. And I got into my car and I was driving home and I couldn't make it home and I started playing with myself and I almost got into an accident and this was on the Vanwick Expressway and I had to pull over. I think there was a story about this on the internet the other day. (laughs) Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm I'm trying to understand here though. Um, Since he wasn't there, what were you so turned on about? Just that you were dressed that way? She turned herself on. She was looking so hot. I was there was a point in my life where I was probably an absolute sex addict. And I just couldn't wait to see him, and he called in sick. And after I got over the disappointment, I was like, well, shit, yeah. You know, listen, a woman who walks around in a little short skirt with no underwear on and high-heeled shoes, she's going to get excited about that. Hmm. Dogs are getting excited listening to this story. Yeah, yeah, apparently. (laughs) Well, that's my story. Brandon, where'd you go? I'm I'm here. I'm just uh, (laughs) listening. I mean, you know, I've known you for quite some time, but yet, uh, just every time I think I can't be any more amazed by you, you come up with some story or tell me something that just fucking blows my mind. Uh, it was on the fucking sandwich. Were you able to bring yourself to completion while driving? Of course. That's why I almost got into an accident. I had to pull over. Wow. Wow. But I, I, sh- I should give a, a tip here. And, uh when you retell this story in the future, since we're in 2012, um, maybe change stockings to something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's that's actually a suggestion for Muck Fike, but I I, I kind of get what he's saying. Sometimes in a, you know I, I fall victim to this myself also. You know sometimes you get stuck in, in the the older school terms, and then uh, you know they weren't the, pantyhose. It was nothing. Mm. Okay. I could have got a little more graphic, but I'm not going to. I never know where this show is going to end up. Oh, wait, on iTunes. Thanks. It is going to be on iTunes. In fact, uh, you know, I was out. Uh, I was out with my family last week, and they were, you know, talking about this show, and they, you know, they had listened to a small part of it, and then, you know, one of the other family members says, uh, "Oh, where can I find this?" And he goes, "Oh, you can go find it in iTunes." I'm like, oh, "What the hell are well, you here?" Let me tell you guys this. I did like, something. Like, can you imagine tonight people who are going to come over and listen to this show because Phil Helmuth was on it? And if they sure, we have Phil Helmuth, we have the Salami Tits, and yeah, we have a right. conservation right. story. The like they, it goes and lessons and like and lessons in how to find a woman's sphincter muscle. Yeah, like this, this is it, good. It, it's going to it's going to go from like a standard poker interview with Phil Helmuth to, to this stuff, and they're going to go, "What what kind of show is this? Poker fraud alert? What does it do with poker?" <laughs> Well, you know, this has always been the balance that we've had where, you know, it, 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 it's hard to, to appease everyone. The people that want just serious poker content, some of them get turned off, uh, you know, by the comedy aspect of it. And then a lot of our listeners get turned off by the serious poker content. Like, you know, even if it's a Phil Hymuth interview, people, I saw a couple of people in the chat saying, hang up on him, call Paul, Paul Darden. I mean, which made no sense <laughs> to me. You know, and they just want to... Please, everyone. And, right, and they want the comedy. But I will say this. 
Um, I, last night something happened to me that, that, that it's never happened in my life. Um, my little blonde princess actually went went as far as listening to our whole show last week. She downloaded on her phone, and I did not know it. And when uh, she, she came over yesterday, she started playing it on her phone, and uh, you know and she had it cued right to the parts where I was talking about you know some specific things. And she was again totally fine with it. She wasn't mad, and I, I knew she's so down to earth that uh, it wouldn't be a problem. But what ended up happening is she ended up putting the phone while I was still playing in the bedroom. And we went to the living room, and we had like a drink, and we were just talking and uh, looking something up on the computer in the living room. And we ended up going into the bedroom. And I ended up starting to, uh, let's just say, perform a sexual act on her. And while I was doing that, I don't know how it kicked on, but in, in the middle of this sexual act I was performing, last week's show came on. And I'm going to be honest to you, at first, it was it was kind of a rant that I was going on about something. I, I was still performing this act, and then all of a sudden, Druff's voice came oh, through yeah. on the phone, and I just looked at her and I said, "I can't, I, I can't do it. I have to turn it off." You can't go on. And <laughs> she was. I didn't know this, so I, I actually yes. my, my voice made an appearance during uh, during yes. the sex. Wow! And the thing, sexual encounter. And the thing is, she was already in, um, let's say, a mode where. She didn't want to move. She was very relaxed. So I grabbed her phone because she just didn't want to get up, and I had to get, no offense, again, I had to get your fucking voice out of my head or it just, okay. So, like, I, you know, I'm turned on, I'm hard, I'm, you know, kissing the privacy, and I'm hearing your voice, and, and there's not enough vowels voice in there to compensate for your voice. So I'm grabbing her phone, and fuck, if all God, she has one of those phones that has a password on it. So I don't know what the password is, so I can't get into it. Anyhow, the whole thing ended up just being a total fucking wash. Okay, and then she ended up passing out. I got frustrated, went to sleep, woke up this morning, and, uh, you know, kind of finished where I left off. But that was actually the first time I've ever participated in an act like that, hearing my own voice, uh, more or less another man that I know. And, you know, you know, it's different than, like, the television being on or something like that. But uh, that was my well, evening last night. Yeah, it would be distracting. I just, I... I I, for some reason, I, I like the story. Just uh, I, I like that I just made an appearance in, in your life there without even knowing it. Like I just, I just appeared during uh, a sexual act. Yes, and, and the did. whole time, like I, I have no clue what's happening. But but well, I'm a big part uh, of the story. Next time, you, next time you do that, make sure you're doing your vowels impression instead of. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. yeah wow. maybe if you if you had heard that part of the show, maybe. <laughs> Well, anyway, Jeannie, uh, Skype is telling me that my minutes are about expired. Are you still with us, Jeannie? Brandon has actually... Oh, Okay. Brandon has spent $3 on the show. Yes, I have. Actually, I have 64 cents. Can I for you money? No, I, I, I am... You're so sweet to me. But no. Um, I, if you, if neither one of you don't have He'll anything... He'll use the $50 that he earned yes. this last... Well, that's the other thing. I paid for this <laughs> shit, too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's always... I mean, you know... I, you do realize you could go into the account... While you're on there mm -hmm. and reload. Well, no, but this no, is the thing. Don't do I don't. This is it for this account. I don't want to have. I'm not gonna ever use this Skype account again. I'll create one with the name Drexel or you know whatever it's gonna be. If this account is going in the garbage. Yes. Do you, do you understand? <laughs> do you understand what I said earlier, Jeannie? That this is an account I created for my own show a while back, and it just had minutes on it, and it had it enabled me to make calls to you and get also incoming calls. I'm not ever going to reload it again. And it's not just because... Okay. I got it. Yeah. So anyhow, unless either of you have anything more, 
Um, I think we're about done here, guys. What do you, what do you guys think? It's 11 o'clock Vegas time. Uh, we have Jeff and I again in 13 hours. We'll be playing the uh, 1500 Limit Shootout. If any of uh, PFA members or anyone that's just listening, lurkers are as well. Uh, tweet at me, let me know. Maybe I'll meet up on break if it's someone I know. As always, you can follow all of us actually on Twitter. Um, Vowels, your Twitter again is Real FCKVWLS. I am Brandon Gerson, one word on Twitter. And Jeannie, as mentioned earlier, is Dean Riders. Okay. Yeah. And Gene of course, Riders, and then I'm I am of course Todd Woodhellis. Just no space. Just Todd Woodhellis. And uh, just Brandon, uh, bring up the the Habanagila music again. Sure. And I, in <laughs> fact, wait a minute. Can't Todd play the dating game? You know where they kiss everybody goodbye. You well, know, Todd can't really do anything right I, now. I can't play anything. I'm, I'm handcuffed. This time. Yeah. I want to give everybody a tip. Nevada residents, you get 25% off at all of the Rio restaurants. So just flash your ID, and if you're at the World Series, they'll save you money. It was a pleasant surprise yesterday for me. There's nothing like being a Jew and finding you're saving extra money that you thought you were not going to save. It almost made up for the fact that I bubbled the event. Thank <laughs> you. And in honor of Todd, and when I and I never do this, Jeannie, just so you know, you're special, and uh, you, you know you've you've always been you're a great friend to me, but also you're popular in the Wait, forums. Wait, listen. Yes. Isn't that it? Is that the? I don't know what you're doing. What are we listening to? I have no clue. There you go. What was that, Jeannie? It didn't come to That was the dating game. Oh, okay. Um. Well, Jeannie, we actually... <coughs> Druff has started a tradition here, and uh, I've only, we've only done this a few times, but I am going to... I want you to stay on the line if my other two hosts don't mind as we end the show this evening. And that's only for very special guests that we allow this privilege to. Normally, it's just the three hosts that say goodbye and end the show, but we're going to leave you on. And, of course, uh, in honor of Druff, this is how Druff chooses to... Close shows. I don't know if that's exactly how it's going to sound because I haven't tried it, but uh, we'll see. Could be a fail. From Television City oh. in Hollywood. Boy, the Winkler. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, come on. you got to give me credit for trying, though, buddy. Jeff's a huge <laughs> 80s on the family guy. information about your vagina with us. <laughs> Anytime. I got lots of stories. Next week. Next week. Absolutely. By the way, uh, you know, Gene Ryder's here. Your uh, six-toed Pete has a big crush on you. I like Pete. He's the best. You, we can do vagina monologues by Gene Ryder's. <laughs> I think Pete would listen to that all day and all night. <laughs> yeah, I guess I definitely have to keep playing this from the beginning. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you all for listening. Those uh, were the PFA. And tune in uh, for me. I will be on, unless I am final tabling the 1500 limit event, I will be on uh, Filthy Limper Radio on Thursday on VegasPokerRadio.com. Uh, do not miss that. Uh, hopefully. And Jeff, what is your next event after this? Will you be playing another one before radio next Tuesday? Uh, actually, well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be playing. Uh, from I don't know. City playing like a, on the 18th, I think, is the next one. Okay. And Vowels, uh, you got, are you playing in any 
greater Arizona whatever <laughs> tournament situation? What do you got going on? No, I'm not. And I'm, I'm jealous that uh, you guys are having all the fun. Uh, um, I'll be rooting yeah, for I had a lot of fun yesterday. And my rider, since she'll be playing on Wednesday, guys, in the horse. So definitely root her on. I will come see you tomorrow, babe. Okay. Oh, you know what? If you come, you can meet Katie. She'll be there uh, sometime in the afternoon with me. And uh, Okay. That sounds good. So... I guess yeah, you got right. about before before next week. I'll also be playing the mixed hold'em. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is that? Twenty? Is that the twenty-five hundred or two thousand? Uh, not before. We're, we're we're having a show on Sunday. That's important. Oh, that's right. We shouldn't. We should uh, Sunday at eight p.m. is the next show. I will have a sound card by then. So don't listen Monday. Don't listen Tuesday. It'll be a rare Sunday show at a rare eight p.m. Pacific starting time. Sunday, June seventeenth, will be the show, and uh, you know. Consult the schedule up on uh, up on the Flying Stupidity Forum if you want to see for the World Series what our schedule is because some weeks we're not doing it on Tuesday, including this week. Absolutely. So, so six days from now, you'll hear from us next. And again, uh, just on behalf of all of us, we do apologize. I promise you, as I'm sure Druff uh, will vouch for, uh, in the future we're, gonna, we're not going to – it's just been a very bad three weeks in just terms of random technical glitches. But uh, thank you all for staying with us. For uh, the first 20 or so minutes, that took me to get this running, and I'm glad we were able to get radio uh, going tonight. And uh, as Richard Brody's comb-over is saying in the chat, uh, he wants uh, Scotty Note to give one more shout-out here to uh, Poker Fraud Alert. So here we go. And thank you, Scotty. And uh, I don't know, unless, uh, as always, I thank my other two hosts for being a part of the show. Uh, kind of feels kind of good to have the power here, but I think I've handled it well tonight, Jeff. I haven't low housed anyone. I haven't Is cut anybody true? short. Uh, what do you think? Would you guys say I, for you know, not being that I used to running? You did great. Thank you, thank you very yeah, much. You, you yeah, you did a fine job. together at the last second and made a show where I didn't think. I, honestly, I thought we were going to have to cancel the show. Yes. So. So good for you. And uh, again, everyone, uh, next Sunday, Druff, we had a later time, you said, correct? Yeah, Sunday at 8 p.m. Pacific time will be our next show. Sunday the 17th. Give Drexel's number one fan a shout-out. Oh, I didn't even see that. Absolutely. Drexel's number one fan of chat. I have no idea who you are, but you've been here the last three weeks. I appreciate the support, turning into radio, and uh, that's... Shout-out, buddy. Drexel's number one fan. Also, shout out, of course, uh, to a much kinder, gentler, it seems, one step lately. Um, I yeah, guess exactly. yeah. he was rooting for me yesterday. I almost feel like him and that, his old friend, his racist friend, they must have had a falling out, and it just maybe it's affected him, and he saw the wiser ways and got rid of him, but it's a, a just much gentler one yeah, step. Yeah, may have even been nice to Phil Helmuth if we had him on. Definitely shout out to Bubbles, huge supporter. Beeves is in the chat. Bobby Orr, of course, who helped me get. Uh, an excellent interview with Victor Ramden on uh, Vegas Poker Radio, Bootsy, DRK Star, and all the other regulars. Edward Teach, thank you all for listening tonight. And we will be back next Sunday at 7.30. And uh, hopefully, Druff, no, will you... No, 8 o'clock. Oh, I'm sorry, 8 o'clock, rather. And uh, Druff, you will have a sound card in place by then, I assume? I will get a sound card. I'll go get a high-quality sound card with my Jew money. And everything will be great. Awesome. And vowels, okay. please closing remarks. I mean, oh, just thanks so much to to the listeners and everybody in chat. You guys made me bust out laughing so many times tonight. <laughs> so, 
have a great night, and we'll see you next week. And Jeannie, what we do here, when we say goodbye at the end, uh, we all say shalom. That is our new, as of right now, <laughs> goodbye. One, Bye, two, guys. Three. Shalom. Shalom. shalom.